This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm Jay Baylor. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're discovering the differences between a New Hampshire man and a Massachusetts man and other men of various states. As we watch mm. Spine 214 in the Criterion Collection, William D. Turrell's The Devil and Daniel Webster from 1941. <laughs> oh. But first, mm. RJ, how are things? What? I mean, I'm pretty good. Keeping things sensual over there. Uh, I wouldn't use that word. Um, I wouldn't use any of the words you use. Uh, I'm doing okay. We're uh, we're just living in this post big boy ride era, just trying to ride that wave as long as we can, setting out contests and challenges that people, uh, I I think, are interested in. It's, it's it's really tough to say. It, it's, it burns bright at the beginning, but a mere day later, it just dies. It dies a death. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. People aren't vocal enough. I mean, the people who don't like us are plenty vocal. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's the only voice I'm hearing is the one that shouts at us to stop. <laughs> the one inside your head? The one that's constantly telling me to to stop, yeah. Stop, stop. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 quite well. What about you? Uh, I'm just trying to decide where to start with this uh, this week, past week. I mean, I, I was very touched. I mean, top. first, I mean, like uh, as an addendum to uh, last week's episode, where mm-hmm. uh, the passing of Kirk Douglas happened mere uh, like minutes before we started to record, and how. Mm-hmm. People now associate us with Kirk Douglas and death. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm liking this. Well, I mean, we've been associated with death for for a few years now. Uh, our our general history with killing off celebrities is well known, but uh, this one was one that was not just a long time coming, but uh, probably deserved. Um, I was particularly moved by a YouTube comment the next day on our Spartacus review from mm. uh, one uh, Bryce Pig Pegolo. Okay. Uh, where he wrote, this is just a totally personal freaky coincidence and not, I know, as significant for the podcasters who mentioned their tendencies to, quote, murder people at 1147. Mm. But I actually only discovered this podcast yesterday, February 5th, during a Kubrick retrospective. I wanted to hear some discussion on Spartacus and burst out laughing in the grocery store when I heard one guy mention that he's pull, pulling for Kirk to make it to at least 105 so his age matches the Criterion spine number. Mm. I immediately subscribe, listen to a couple more episodes, and after I return home, read that Kirk, Doug, Kirk dies two years too soon. <laughs> Man, that's a shame, hey? I totally forgot you... about that. Uh, hoping mm-hmm. pulling that he'd hit 105. Mm-hmm. Well, you and he, uh... and he fucked up. <laughs> he died at 103. Well, I don't think he did it intentionally, man. No. I mean, he might have. I don't know. I mean, maybe he, word got out to him. That uh, we were trying to get him up there, and out of spite, he decided to check out early. That's right. I heard his dying words were that he supported uh, Bloomberg. <laughs> is what uh, his son is saying, which I find well, ludicrous, but, uh, you know, whatever. Not the political view, just the fact that he'd be talking at all. Dude is, like, you know. Uh, wow. Well, uh, he made it to the Lady Eve. 
Uh, not as impressive, I guess. But I mean, who, many of us will never re- even see, uh, you know, uh, quite on. <laughs> I'm surprised I even made it past RoboCop. <laughs> if you know what I mean. I hear you. I hear you. Well, that's good. What about your normal life? You, uh, you're enjoying this freeze-thaw weather we're currently in? Yeah, you know, I had to bundle up today. Um, it was shockingly cold. But it's, I don't know if mm-hmm. people realize, because maybe we've been laying off that weather chat, but it's real swingy here. Some, mm-hmm. some days it's, you know, plus 12 Celsius. The next day it's minus 12 Celsius. You just don't know what uh, is around that corner. It's the real swinger, uh, swingers cuckolding of the weather world over here. Wow. Bringing it back, making it real, huh? Yeah, I feel like uh, you haven't mentioned it enough. Like, not that I enjoy it, but uh, I know there's probably one guy out there who's really, really invested in you talking about that kind of stuff. Really into Kukistan? If that's what you call it. Sure. I'm unfamiliar with said place or uh, ideas, but. Mm-hmm. So, hey, did you watch them Oscars? I sure didn't. Hmm. I, I so guess, d- didn't even pay it uh, any mind, I, but I was being sent messages by uh, people like you who I wanted to make sure that I was in the know, kind of. I don't, did I, I text you? You sent me one thing saying that Sid Haig was skipped. Mm, uh, but then it turns true. out uh, he was not the only one. Are you talking about Luke Perry? Luke Perry, some, you know, Odo from DS9. Frodo? <laughs> He's still alive, dude. Yeah, Frodo is still alive. Yeah, in mind and spirit. Yeah. Uh, no, I think, yeah, that was the only thing I thought you would find interesting. The rest of it was, death. You Yeah, know, death. Death is always interesting. Yeah, well, no, Sid Haig specifically. No. The rest was business as usual, but uh, I have some interesting, uh, so you remember how last year I was like, I think I'm done with the Oscar pool thing, yep. you know? So I made a hard stance and I didn't go into the uh, Oscar pool, which had like, it sounded like 40 people or something. So it was like 400 bucks. But I uh, I don't like going into that one because there's too many people. And like this year I saw the results. Someone got 23 out of 24. And it's like, it's, it's like you're never going to do that, right? You're never going to beat that. So I didn't do that. But just by chance, I had a separate friend ask me the day of if I wanted to enter one. And I was like, Sure, whatever. That one only had like, I don't know, 10 people in it or something. Mm-hmm. And Jared, guess what? You won. I, I won. I won. And uh, so, how, how much, for what were your winnings? Uh, I tied. So, uh, oh, you, I, you I, tied? I got 50 bucks. So you, yeah. you like kind of like are a half winner. I'm a half winner, but I'm, I'm on the right side of history because uh, the reason that I, I was able to tie was because I had Parasite for best foreign or international film and best picture, which uh-huh. ended up winning. But this chud put 1917 because he, I'm pretty sure he Googled on the internet what was going to win. And that's what they told well, him. He, he might've listened to what my thoughts were three weeks ago when Possibly. I, when, when I thought 1917 was a lock, but that conversation, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we, we, we totally didn't have time to talk about it last week uh, yeah. for various reasons, but yeah, Closer to the thing, I was like, I think it's going to do it. They're they're do, they're they're really mm-hmm. uh, like everything. All the factors are there. They're going to mm-hmm. make it a moment. They want to be like, hey, this one best foreign film and best picture. We teased you with Roma and we mm-hmm. didn't give it to you, but we're going to do it this time. We're going to do you right, folks. I'm glad. I'm glad this was the one they did because I didn't care for Roma as much as everyone else. And you haven't even no. seen Parasite. 
I haven't seen 85% of these Oscar films. I just, I like Bong Joon-ho, so I was like, I'm rooting for him. The only thing that fucked me up, Jared, the only reason I tied and didn't win was because I put Sam Mendes as director. Because I was like, you know, maybe they'll give him director because of the novelty of that thing. And then uh, I picked For Sama for documentary instead of American Factory. Because I was like, who the fuck cares about a factory in Ohio? I was like, this war-torn woman fleeing sounds a lot more interesting. Oh, RJ. I didn't know. You could have had it all. I could have had it all. It was those two. Uh, it was those two, and then I think I got one other one wrong, like the sound editing or something. Oh. But because apparently they didn't give the both sound Oscars to the same movie, they split them up this year, which seems like trivial. Uh, haven't they always done that? Well, I thought they usually went together, like sound mixing and sound editing no, usually go together. <laughs> no. <laughs> How? Why is that separate? Isn't it the same thing, basically? I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? It seems like it shouldn't. It should just be one Oscar. How about that? Just hey, here you go. Here you go. You got, do you, Do you have any like uh, qualitative thoughts uh, on the Oscars? Oh, I think uh, so. It was a lot more refreshing to watch it this year without like the uh, anxiety of big dollars at play. But uh, I find it like like hilariously hypocritical the stance that they all take where all their speeches were about like i i tweeted this out but like underrepresentation of like women and people of color and indigenous people but then at the same time they're like so anyways here's your five nominees for white uh, of like white guys and it's like you know even though you're making the joke you're just contributing to it like like you know what i mean jared like everyone was like talking about like the whole the the whole thing was about like how there isn't enough of everyone else, but all the people are like, well, whatever, we don't really give a shit anyways. We're just here to say what we want to say and then make it appear as if we uh, have genuine care or concern about these things. That was my takeaway. Well, that's that. How about the actual movies that were chosen rather than uh, oh. Hollywood hypocrisy? I mean, I think it's cool. Parasite one, like, uh, like as you pointed out, I haven't even seen the fucking thing, but it's like that's cool. It's a movie I'm actually interested I, in I'm watching. Th- I'm thrilled because it means I yeah. don't have to watch another movie I don't want to watch. Like that's it, I already have to watch Green Book still, and so I'm, I'm, I'm a year behind. But now it's like it, Parasite I watched on my own like free will, and now it won Best Picture. Awesome, I love it. Well, so I guess the important thing here would be. Now that you have watched this year's best picture, when are you going to get around to watching next year's or last year's? Well, when it when it becomes available on a streaming platform of my choice. It's available on a streaming platform right now. But it's not of my choice. Yeah, but I don't. No, no. Like it can come to me. Green book. it. It can come to me. I don't know if that's really fair to the people who created Green Book. Well, fair's got nothing to do with it. Uh, other than that, um, yeah, I don't know. Renee, I cool R- 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 who knew that Renee Zellweger is like still around? I had no idea until uh, she won the award. And I was like, oh, she's in a Judy Garland film. So that's cool. <laughs> exactly. 
and uh, even more Dern. I'm happy for it. I saw something interesting where it was like the breakdown of like minutes for uh, oh, actors. Yeah. And like Laura Dern was only in that movie for 14 minutes or something. And, 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 and somehow like, like Brad Pitt is also a supporting actor. <laughs> even though he was in it for, what was it, an hour and 40 minutes yeah. of uh, that movie? <laughs> yeah. Strange. Strange math. Strange, indeed. Uh, I, the one thing I uh, was uh, kind of amused by was the the number of uh, dudes with flat caps coming out talking about how Joker was robbed and uh, how <laughs> how woke Hollywood and the SJWs mm. uh, have caused this. I mean, he won, so I think that's... I mean, I, I just, like, I'm baffled because I'm like, did these people really think that the Joker movie was going to win Best Picture? Oh, I, mean, I think they were, dude. I think they were. That's pretty wild. Well, I mean, I if it had one, I would have laughed and it would have been like, that's funny. But uh, I, he won Best Actor. I think that's enough, right? And just checking here. Par- so Lighthouse, it's only non-animation. Nomination was for Best Cinematography. Yeah. And it, and it lost. Yeah. That doesn't well, seem... It, that, well, that it seems... lost to the gimmick of 1917. Wow. And, and, the, and the Roger Deakins train. Yeah. Well, I mean, Deacons alone, they should just give Deacons just the award forever, I guess. But, like, right. I think it, this one was definitely chalked up to the novelty of it, no? Uh, yeah, I guess. I like, because there was things of him, like, Deacons running around with that camera. And it's like, it's one shot. <laughs> Whoa. I don't know. That movie doesn't sound interesting to me, like, at all. 1917. Yeah, um, uh, Corey, buddy Corey just watched it. He loves war movies. He uh, dropped a big three stars on it. So that's uh, that's, that that tells me everything, really. Mm-hmm. 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 Hey, you know what? The big winner is Ford v Ferrari. Let's talk about that movie that people definitely saw and were excited about. Yeah. Um. Exactly. It won an Oscar. It did. Yeah, for sound mixing or sound. Oh, editing. a film film editing, buddy. Oh, and film best sound editing. Yeah, see, it's got more than the lighthouse. That's a shame. I think the lighthouse won some stuff at the Spirit Awards, though. Oh, as did Adam Sandler. But your hey, buddy. Yeah. That's but fine. hey, what? That's fine. Uh, you, you want to talk about this? Uh, this voting, this th- these voting irregularities. What in, voting? The, the, what the, in the the, the for our. Uh, alleged t-shirt contest um not not, well, not not even wet well it's just it could be i think it's just because it's sp- spanned out across different platforms so we have there's clear voting winner in the facebook but there's also well, no that's, i i don't think that's true actually okay well I, it's you, absolutely you me okay so uh, as some are aware who listened to last week, who I imagine most people who uh, listened to Richard the Third last week are coming back for some Devil and Daniel Webster this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we did our uh, uh, contest where mm-hmm. we, uh, people, fans of the show, submitted mm-hmm. their, their T-shirt designs, which were essentially not even T-shirt designs. It was, what do you think we look like if you didn't yeah. know, before you knew what we looked like? Uh-huh. Um, which, I mean... There were some cheats going on here because I think the only three people uh, and now four people who have uh, submitted have actually seen us. Very true. <laughs> uh, or have looked us up digitally. Well, it was, as we pointed out last week, it was kind of poor timing or poorly planned on our end because we put out 
the thing that we looked like before we thought of it. Right. That's fine. What are so, you going to do? None, nonetheless. Okay. So we posted this. We posted this on Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. and Twitter. Mm, no, I didn't. Not on Twitter. Did. I did not. No, I I'm, I have no idea. You were handling this. Yeah. So maybe uh-huh. maybe that's why. I mean, you're like the, the shadow of this whole uh, okay. clusterfuck. So uh-huh. on, on Facebook... Um, no one, no one, not a single person commented, uh-huh. which was, which is in fact, uh, the, the, they liked the picture, the individual pictures though, but comment below to vote. Ah, uh, well, I mean, that's a semantics thing. I well, don't... that's literally <laughs> what it says, but this did not stop, uh, this post, uh, having mm-hmm. uh, one, uh, one, one particular, uh, individual, mm-hmm. Rob Eagle, he has a, he has, he has a large fan base. Sure. Um, a, a lot of uh, there uh, to me though. I mean, in in the sphere of Creepsville, this feels a lot like uh, foreign interference to me in an uh, an election. Uh, is it because they're not uh, members of the community? Or? That's right. Uh, exactly. They're not. They're I not in RJ. They're not even citizens. In what sense? In that, that they're not Creepsvillians. Oh, are they subscribed in Creepsville? Uh, no, I I I don't even know who these people are. I mean, they, but they were just liking this, and hmm. but they did not comment to vote. Wow! Whereas on Instagram, the uh, you know the six people who did comment, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, neither here nor there. You know, if someone's like the wife of someone who submitted, I mean, that's. I mean, I'm assuming most wives and or husbands vote for their partners, or partners voting for their partners. Sometimes uh, that's fine, but they did comment. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, by that measure, the the, the only metric in the uh, writing, it would be the, the the winner would be Oliver Granger. Wow, yeah. Oliver Granger. So is that uh, that's that's the final? I, I believe so. I mean, I've just gone ahead and disenfranchised voters. Maybe some might say. Okay. Um, sure. But uh, I feel pretty confident with that. It wouldn't be the first time, and let me tell you, folks, it won't be the last time. So you just Sh- shenanigans think, call shenanigans. <laughs> I think we should have a new contest, and people can draw just specifically Jarrett and uh, whatever their new opinion is of well, him. The, 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 the next time there'll be there'll be all the appropriate amount of gerrymandering to make sure that mm. the results come out just fine. Yeah, I uh, I liked all the entries, and I think they were all absolutely. Good. I liked all the entries yep. too. Yep, I think that in a perfect world. We could have just had a poll, but uh, I think when I was trying to do it, there was like no option for a poll on Facebook or on Instagram. The only poll option you had to like select one of them as the winner or something like that. And it was, uh, I ain't no computer scientist, Jared. I don't know how to do this stuff. I know, but you were the uh, best that we could afford. You're the you had a full proposal. I I did. So uh, yes, in I mean, a perfect mic- world. I mean, there was. I mean, Microsoft said we could do it, but pff, they they didn't even fill up the application. So we had to settle for old RJ. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I wish it was a little bit better formatted too. But you know, what are you going to do? That's right. Well, congratulations to Oliver Granger, I suppose. <laughs> but I I would like to thank all of our entries, and you know, maybe we'll uh, repurpose them for something else. Uh, we own those properties now, uh, and now, now, uh, now and forever. 
Yeah, and if um, anything comes from it, you are you're you're not allowed to um, come go after us nothing, legally. Nothing at all. Nope. So uh, you <laughs> freely and voluntarily submitted those to us, so we own them. Yeah. So you can get your mug with the our mugs on them. Yeah. We should start a creeps underwear brand. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Next week, uh, Oliver, you can let us know, uh, what, what sort of merchandise you'd like your, uh, drawing of us mm-hmm. to appear on. If you have any suggestions or thoughts, my vote would be for pogs. There you go. Um, I don't know what that costs. I have a friend that's trying to get like a, uh, tarot deck printed and they apparently need like a thousand decks to do an order so that mm. that costs like eighteen thousand dollars apparently well so jared you know the appeal of pogs is that yeah. uh a mass order is kind of the point do you remember the... we would need five hundred thousand yeah probably and i think we'd definitely be able to get mm-hmm. that fix uh especially if our uh our new our new listeners our definite new listeners who like things mm-hmm. maybe they'll cash in you know Okay. By those pogs. Anyways, mm-hmm. we got e- we we got emails. Emails. Just two. Okay. Lay it on. Um, unless there's been a mysterious one that's appeared recently. No. Any uh, hateful YouTube comments of late? No, actually. Oh, nice. Not too bad. Not too bad. First up, oh. Scott Bailey. <gasps> George Scott Bailey. I've been on a documentary kick over these last few months. The most recent was called In Search of Darkness, which was four hours long. It's about mm-hmm. horror movies from the 80s. Ooh. I also mm-hmm. got my name in the credits for crowdfunding. The most disturbing one was on Netflix called Don't Fuck With Cats. <laughs> Have you heard of this, RJ? Uh, yeah, and it's not something that I'm... Uh, I saw a brief description. I was like, I ain't in that. What's uh-uh. the most disturbing documentary you guys have seen? I think you've mentioned before that that San Francisco Bridge one or something like that. Yeah, I mean, and I don't even know if I would call that one straight up disturbing. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely like, uh, you know, oh, suicide. That's something you don't hear about all the time in documentary mm-hmm. form. Fuck. Um, a lot of people talk about the Titicut Follies, which is like the, the what? Titicut. It's a it was a old mental institution, real okay. real dark stuff from 1967. Mm. I, I it didn't uh, wow me with its disturbingness. Yeah. Well, I mean, fuck night and fog. <laughs> I mean that that mm. that that hasn't uh, really lost any of its uh, power. Skin piles, skin piles. Let's uh-huh. take a look here. I'm just trying to skim through a list of uh, disturbing documentaries. Uh, blackfish. I mean, in the sense that, like, that'll make mm-hmm. you, that'll turn you off of zoos, mm-hmm. life. I think that's probably the right approach. Yeah. No. Is this list? I don't know. Jesus camp. If you're really scared of Christians, aren't we all heathen sinner? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sinners. This is a. T- oh. This is a bad list. Real bad. Was it yours? No. The list? This is off old BuzzFeed, our good friends at BuzzFeed. Oh. There's the one true crime documentary some people always talk about, Dear Zachary, which is more kind of shocking if you don't know about the case. I don't. But it's got some goofy stuff in there, too. That list stinks. What a terrible Well, fuck list. it, then. 
Uh, well, I mean, I'd throw out there, uh, I think I've, I've mentioned this before on the show, but Chicken Hawk, uh, that's a, mm. uh, I know people who have pretty hardened hearts and stomachs and they just said, fuck this. And they walked away. So it'd be perfect for RJ. I like the name Chicken Hawk. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a fun name. That'd be a cool <laughs> nickname for a kid who like skateboarded a lot. You know, yeah. Chicken Hawk. Yeah. Chicken Hawk. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't watch documentaries. You don't. Not really. No. So I don't have as much input on it. I. I what about Chicken Hawk? That one's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, Act of Killing. That's got mm. some some dark stuff. Yeah. That's what they tell me. That's what about American Factory? Is that a uh, well, that disturbing? Is that mm. disturbing? No, not disturbing. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, uh. that's it, Scott. Archie doesn't watch documentaries. I don't. I wish I could help you out, man. I don't. No. I couldn't even tell you the last one I watched was Blood, Blood of the Beast. That's a that's a good. I never that, watched that. I know you haven't, but that's a good one too. Mm. So it's an old. It's an oldie but a goodie. What about like made-up documentaries? <laughs> you mean like movies? Like Borat. Oh. No, I meant like uh, what was that thing I watched with Al Pacino a while ago? Where he played uh, Joe Paterno. <laughs> it was a, like a biopic. Does that count? No. No. <laughs> okay. And finally, already, yeah. Justin Peterson. Uh-huh. Oh, friend of the show. I'm glad he wrote in. An email entitled, The Hype Train Stops with the Creeps. <laughs> Uh-oh, what happened? Hey, Jared and RJ, what's happening? I think it is now fair to say that I'm going to officially stop looking forward to you guys reviewing my favorite new movies of the year. <laughs> After you guys Uh-oh. piled on about how overrated Uncle Uncut Gems was, despite giving it a modest rating. Four stars is really good. I I didn't I, think that I uh, said it was overrated. I liked Uncut Gems. I, I, maybe, I think maybe we uh, front-loaded our complaints a bit on that movie. Oh, I don't know. I, I liked maybe. Uncut Gems. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. But I just yeah. I, I just felt like there was elements that you know. But yeah, I don't was... I don't even remember talking negatively <laughs> about it. But and I'll the, take your word. And, for and it. the same goes for your disdain for Parasite, which I also like. I didn't mm. love it. Midsummer, uh, the noise mm. of that movie, and Under the Silver Lake. Yeah. Oh well, still love still love listening to you guys. At least I did mostly agree with you guys on it. Chapter two and us. Well. I'm glad he can agree with us on the horror ones. Those are the ones that we have more stake in. Uh, I think I remember when you talked about Parasite and you said you thought it was really good, but you did not think it was uh, this big thing that people make it out to be, which is your opinion. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. I mean, like people love Parasite. I still see people like they love it even more. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was distracted watching it. I don't know. I it was good. I just I didn't absolutely love it or anything like that. Well, you know what we're absolutely right on is Midsummer. <laughs> well, even that, like, I just I don't know what to make of Ari Aster movies. I just I feel like they're yeah. they're, they're not horror movies. They're comedies. But mm-hmm. so I don't know. That that's for me, and I kind of like. But they're really long, and mm-hmm. uh, I maybe they'll hold up better with rewatches when maybe in like five years for me i don't even really feel like rewatching it to like you know i don't know it's it's a weird spot for me but us is definitely not good and neither is uh 
whatever that other one was he, he mentioned. It's it Chapter 2? Yeah. That, that movie's... Uh, I, I am happy that I am seeing yeah. more and more people coming out and saying that movie's really, really bad because... Yeah. It's like I will still stand. That's like one of the worst movies I've seen in theater in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I agree. And then in terms of Silver Lake, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was what it was, you know? <laughs> I remember, I think I, what did, I can't remember what it was. Didn't I say some of it was so goofy that it was like, I don't know. We don't mean to hate everything that other people like. <laughs> That's what, I, I don't know. I, I definitely don't go out of my way. I want to like mm-hmm. things, but my, mm-hmm. sometimes my brain just won't let me like enjoy things. Yeah. Well, know. you're a bad dude, but it's true. also. Well, see, that's that's an interesting thing. I, I have seen a lot of people talk about with Uncut Gems how much they how how annoying they found uh, the character, and I was kind of oh, like, yeah. eh, it's just a it's just an Adam Sandler character. Mm-hmm. I was like fine with his uh, how horrible he was as a person. I was like, yeah, yeah this, this is like within the range of like you know just kind of losers but that's that's okay i i mean if you want a negative opinion of uncut gems you could ask the grangers what uh what they thought about it because i think they were uh definitely not on the on the side of that one no oh. so yeah yeah deflect good job uh-huh. yeah. yeah justin continues speaking of parasite it was awesome to see that best uh that win best picture over that video game turn movie 1917 i know mm-hmm. rj was probably digging joaquin phoenix's bleeding heart acceptance speech for the animals you know it i, I made an instagram post about it i thought it was terrific no yeah. so terrific. it is that time of year to begin thinking about what our most anticipated films of 2020 will be Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got one already, actually. I got one, RJ. Sometimes this gets brought up, and I'm like, oh, we'll get there. I'm kind of looking forward to checking out Sonic this weekend. Well, I, I look forward to Ooh. your review, Justin, mm-hmm. despite that awful first trailer. Also, the live-action Mulan remake looks decent, along with Ghostbusters Afterlife and Christopher Nolan's new movie, Tenet. And how about ah. this? Robert Zemeckis is remaking Nicholas Rogue's The Witches. Oh, fuck, really? Here is the Ooh. Rotten Tomatoes list I pulled from, and I'm sure Jarrett will say it all looks like junk. Lol. <laughs> um, let's take a look. Mm-hmm. Um, let me send this to you there, RJ. Yeah, you might as well. Okay. I know you're really looking forward to that new Mutants movie. <laughs> you, I heard you thought it could really pull it around for Fox and the X-Men. Well, all right. let's see here. Well, all I want to know, and I'll, I can talk about this, is uh, is the French Dispatch of the Liberty Kansas Evening Sun on that list? If it isn't, maybe it's not quite a list at all. Do you know what that is, at which I speak? Uh, I heard about it today. Yeah. So I, I that's exciting. Yeah, that, that have you watched the trailer? No, I don't watch trailers. That's well, pretty good. Looks pretty good. The, hey, the, I the, don't... the downside... Mm-hmm. So in case people don't know, French Dispatch is the new film by Wes Anderson um, that is co-written with, uh, you know, Jason Schwartzman, but uh, Roman Coppola. Oh, which ones did he help with again? Well, RJ, it, it seems that he likes to work with him on his weaker movies, oh. like Darjeeling Limited and Moonrise Kingdom. But he was there for Isle of Dogs, so he has improved. I like Darjeeling a, th- a little bit more than you do, I think, but... Uh... I, I know my see mm. again. This is a movie where, like, in the terms of like Wes Anderson, I, yep. I would give that a seven out of ten. I, I got gotcha. you. Which, which for people who don't speak Jarrett, because I know he's kind of a bad dude, means he likes it quite a bit. 
and it's, uh, he's it's, he's not down on yeah. it. It's just not his favorite. That's all. Yeah, it's better than like most movies, but it's just like in terms of Wes Anderson, it's not quite mm-hmm. there. But yeah, French Dispatch has got some of that Jacques Tati references in there. Ooh, I know that? you like those. Oh, I know. He, he, I um, didn't know he was Mon Uncle Jacques Tati. <laughs> or no, wait, what was that again? Played by two different actresses. Yeah, something like uh, that. But so, so my uh, disdain for Roman Coppola began with his film CQ. Hmm. I don't know if you even know that movie. movie. Uh, it's like kind of a love of 60s Paris, but making like a Barbarella type of movie. Mm-hmm. Eh, I, didn't, I didn't like that. And then his his like next movie that he directed was Charles Swan. Do you remember Charles Swan? Sure. Who doesn't remember with, Charles with, Swan? With uh, Charlie Sheen. Oh, Bill, of course. And uh, Bill Murray, Patricia Arquette, Jason Schwartzman, Aubrey Plaza. Wow. Dermot Mulroney, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. Remember her? <gasps> yeah, I love her. Yeah, well, she's in this, A Glimpse Inside the Mind of Charles Swan III. Oh, is it? that's that Shia LaBeouf movie? Is no. Shia LaBeouf in that? Nope. Oh. What is that movie, Charlie Bucket or something? I don't, I don't know. Okay, let's look at this list. 76 <laughs> most anticipated movies of 2020. Hey, I, I, I do, I, I, I do, I, I kind of just, I'm not a fan of these lists because I, I see these on YouTube all the time for like mm-hmm. board games and I'm like, why? why? It's, I mean, it's great mm-hmm. for like the makers of this stuff to get their work promoted, I suppose, but mm-hmm. I don't know what, but then, uh, then it's like people are like, oh, I'm so hyped for Harley Quinn and then nobody goes to see it. And then nobody goes. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, Gretel and Hansel, if it had actually come to Lethbridge, I would have gone yep. to see Oz Perkins because that's probably the like it'd be cool to see his movie because he uh, shoots really pretty looking stuff. But did it come? Nope, yep. not at all. Even though it's supposed I, to be like okay at best. Well, I I was gonna say that too because I didn't even realize he made that fucking movie because I thought he was supposed to be doing Head Full of Ghosts right now. But uh, Gretel and Ansel, I'd watch for sure. And you know, people were really soft on uh, his other movies too, and I thought they were all good. So I think this one legitimately do? is his. Like average movie, it's fine. I, I'm still in for it. Yeah. Hey, wow, you know call, call of the wild. <laughs> oh, oh shit! Actually, what is this? The Invisible Man. I was like seeing is uh the the trailer of it is like uh I don't know. It's suggestive you, of bad things. I actually was gonna say that I think the Invisible Invisible Man looks pretty good. Is, well, I how, think how it's do you about know that? people in abusive relationships. Well, Jared. that's what I'm looking at this image and I go, oh, yeah. How do you know that? Did you watch a trailer? I did. I watched that trailer. So you lied. I uh, I think it played before what is something. This? Or what, what is I watched it, it somewhere. What? The, whoa! I'm looking at the. Uh, so I didn't realize that the the Bloodshot movie mm-hmm. based on the comic was coming out, and the still of the trailer for this looks pretty gnarly in a good way. Yeah, it's a dude's, I, uh, dude's face getting like blasted off, and it, uh, that's pretty good. Vin Diesel. Mm. Yeah, he's Bloodshot. Oh, really? Yeah, maybe you should watch that trailer. Uh, oh, how about A Quiet Place Part 2? Like, who gives a shit? Oh, okay. Um, I So I had some thoughts. My thoughts on Mulan is it looks like they 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 cheaped out a little bit. Like looking at the like how much stuff is in those there's frames. there's no dragon? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Michael Showwater, The Lovebirds. What the hell? Uh, it's got that. It's got that guy we don't like, Jer. Well, you don't. I know you don't. I, I know you don't like that Michael Showalter. 
even uh, though he's, sure. a, he's a good shit. What about this thing, Antlers? See, that was that thing I was uh, mentioning to oh, you before. Sh- is James Bond actually out, like, right yeah. away? Yeah. What? Is there a- well, in April. What? Is there, is, is there a real trailer for it? Yeah. It came out, uh, like, a week or two ago, I think. Oh. Okay. Uh, we'll see. I haven't seen the trailer. Uh, yeah. I still have to watch the... Pre- oh, there's Antlers. Carrie mm-hmm. Ro- Jesse Plemons. Gra- Graham Ooh. Green. Yeah, I know you're a big Graham Green guy. Well, that's a pretty... I mean, it looks like some ravenous action. I, it sounds cool, what I've heard about it. Uh, let's see here. Ooh, you know what looks really good, Jarrett? Not Black Widow. Hear, not No, not that Black Widow. What about Spiral from Chris Rock? Oh, I haven't watched it. I've... Yeah, I don't. I don't even need to see the trailer. Okay. It sounds oh, cool. oh, here's a good one. Legally Blonde three apparently is coming out with a director to be determined. Oh, that, so that, that, it's, that's it's the, releasing this year. Yeah, and it has... yeah, it's coming out May, and uh, apparently it doesn't have a director. <laughs> so it's, it hasn't even hmm. been filmed yet. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Joe okay. Wright, of the woman in the window. Amy that Adams. I like Amy Adams. She's fine. No. Scoob. Yeah. F9 with with uh, Rapidu. John Who's Cena. Who's Rapidu? John Cena. Why do they call him Rapidu? Because that's his music. Forever. Oh. Yapadu. Dun, I don't dun, know these dun, things. Dun. Oh. What about the Candyman remake? This is good podcasting right here. What, reading off lists? Yes. Oh. I, I mean, I'm, 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 not, I'm not taking a big shit on this stuff, am I? I'm just oh, Top Gun, so. Top Gun Maverick. I mean, mm-hmm. it's never too late. Something with Ryan Reynolds, another Minions movie. Oh boy, sure, Tenant. It's the yeah. rise of Gru. People know how we feel about Christopher Nolan. They know, they know. Mm. And, oh look, French Dispatch finally. There you go. What about Morbius, Jarrett? Oh goddamn, that's the first time I've seen a still of that. That's what it looks like, apparently. Bill and Ted face the music. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll watch it for sure. Monster Hunter, directed by Paul W. S. Anderson. Who? Who? The The King's Man. Is uh, is that a movie? Yep. Godzilla versus Kong. I'm pretty sure that's been delayed. You know what I mean? Uh... Dune. Halloween Kills, Eternals, Eternals. Eternals sounds so stupid. You know what I mean? I don't know. I uh, yeah, Christopher Nolan's Tenant looks good. I don't care about Timothy Chalamet. Well, he's in uh, he's in uh, French Dispatch. I'm aware. Unfortunate. I'm aware. And then we have Mank, which I think is on Netflix. Nope. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I do say, I, I will say though that I, I actually think Invisible Man looks pretty good. Yeah. I'm on board for it. But Why will, not? Will it be Ma good though? Oh, well, Jarrett. Well, well, we have some things to discuss. Well, we'll get there. We're almost there. I think. Oh, uh-huh. oh we are. We still have to finish with Justin's goat movie question of the week. Oh, geez, we 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 really kind of just got lost. In, what in the world? What are your what? greatest of all time documentaries? <laughs> what a strange confluence of ideas. 
I don't watch many, but I suppose I would go with Shoa based on how important and epic it is. And I need to push myself to finally watch Hoop Dreams. Now I will end on some good news. I finally found another podcast to fill that gap between your episodes that does not make me want to gouge out my eyeballs every other minute. That would be Leonard Malton's podcast, which has a massive back catalog. Can you remember the last time you actually looked at critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes? I hardly ever do that anymore, and instead I just listen to popular movie YouTubers and, of course, you guys. Thanks for the time, and have a great show. Well, thanks, Justin. Um, Yeah, Leonard Malton. I don't know. uh, Whenever I hear Leonard Malton's name... I think of two things. One is his introductions on the Star Wars VHS tapes I had when I was a kid mm-hmm. and thinking, this guy's a real nerd. And now <laughs> now, now I'm just like him. Uh, and number two mm-hmm. was um, Patton Oswald talk- mentioning the Leonard Malton game where What's that? what you're supposed to do is uh, you, you get like the Leonard Malton guy to movies which are mm-hmm. just gigantic doorstops and you just flip to random pages and mm-hmm. you have to only, it's like you read the first five words of the review and you have to guess what movie it is. Oh, do you have a, a copy of Leonard Moulton's book? I bought so one. Can... I, I bought one from a used bookstore uh, mm-hmm. and it was over at uh, Buddy Corey's and mm-hmm. uh, it, it broke in half because the, the book's really thick and it doesn't hold up very well after repeated use. Mm. So, so it's a tough game. <laughs> I was gonna say it'd be nice if we could just run through this game a little bit. Here's a here here's one for well, you. Well, there Jeff. actually is. If you look it up, there's the Leonard Malton game at blogspot.com. Ooh, and a whole blog to it even. Yeah, I mean, I, I might be forgetting the details of the game. Sometimes you can name actors. Oh, so you have to like name actors backwards too. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Something like that. Mm. Here's a. Okay, what about, let's see if you can guess this movie, Jared, based on the first sentence. The gun-toting, Bible-thumping, preacher man Bob must write the universal karma accidentally set wrong when Brian inadvertently kills his obnoxious butt-cleavaged roommate, Wade. (laughs) Can you guess that? Uh, Famous uh, Leonard uh, Moulton movie? uh, Okay, so I'm just reading about this thing. The Leonard Moulton game Uh has been a feature of the Doug Loves Movies podcast since the first episode. Mm. However, the game has undergone a number of changes, innovations since the beginning of season one. Um, describe the game as something he used to play of Ryan Pocine, his first guest. Um, in season one, the game was somewhat different from its current incarnation. It involved finding a movie in the Malton Movie Guidebook, providing the year and a clue about the movie, and then reading the cast list from bottom to top. That's what it was. During the mm. season, Doug usually only had one guest. The non-reading player would try to guess the title as the names were read, as if there were multiple players, as there occasionally were. If they would try to guess simultaneously, if there was no turn taking back or bidding, it was possible to cheat slightly by guessing where in the alphabet the book was open to. Categories were only in use sporadically, mm. and generally for the whole game when used, there were no prizes. So yeah, I've heard of... yeah. Anyways, that's what I think about about Leonard Malton, and he gets guests because he's a he's an old old dude out there, and he he gets good guests. That's, we've had guests before. We've had a guest. No, we've had we've had guests. We have guests every episode when people email in. That's kind of true. You can accept it as truth. <laughs> accept my truth. What do do you ever look at uh, critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes? No, but I, I think I've said before, I try not to 
look at what other people say because I don't want to like bring it up when we're talking because then one day someone's gonna be like, this guy's a hack, man. He he copied Leonard Moulton's reviews, man. And I'd be like, shit, you're right. I uh, I just looked at some very briefly when looking up the uh, reaction to the Harley Quinn movie because I noticed that it had like a 76%, but it was not certified fresh. Apparently, it's it's pretty good. It's just no one's going to it. Yeah. Is what they say on that's, the internet. That's the claim. It's the claim. Uh, that's oh, not certified. It wasn't before. It got, it got there and 79%. Well, there you go. See? And it's a movie that's described as a flop, even though I think on it with international money, it has made its pro, its budget back. Which uh, one? Birds of Prey. Or now Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Apparently, Jared. Apparently, that's just for ticketing purposes. Mm. Apparently. Okay. Hey, did we uh, talk about um, what we were supposed to talk about? You mean what have you been what what have you been creeping on this week? Oh, look what you did there! Derek. Oh yeah, Do- know- wait, wait, what? wait! All time documentaries. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I don't think we talked about documentaries, but that's a whole other kettle of fish. What are your favorite documentaries, Jarrett? <laughs> American movie wrestling with shadows American movie beyond the mat beyond the mat uh beyond the mat's pretty good if you're uh, into that sort of thing what about wrestling with shadows even better Le- less good what about law enforcement guide to say satanic cults uh that's YouTube fun okay uh, I got this I got this I, I got know. some I mean I don't know why uh Justin didn't just look up my top 20 documentaries, but maybe he just wants us to talk a little bit. Maybe he wants to hear your rationale for why you like movies. Maybe. <laughs> Atomic Cafe. I don't know what that is. 1982 documentary. Pretty awesome stuff. Okay. I've I'll take your word for it. Burden of Dreams. Uh, I don't know what that is either. That's uh, a documentary, The Making of Fitzcarraldo. Oh, I know that guy. That crumb documentary I've mentioned a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Errol Morris documentaries are always pretty good. I think mm-hmm. my favorite mm-hmm. is of their of his is probably Fast Cheap and Out of Control. Sure. Uh, Century of the Self and basically any Adam Chris documentary, and for that uh, any like Louis Theroux like subjects, those are always mm-hmm. uh, great. The Five Obstructions, which is a great piece of Lars von Trier uh, making a movie. It's kind of a, it is a documentary. It actually kind of is kind of what, when RJ was talking about these non-documentary films that he likes, uh, I think Five Obstructions actually kind of fits that blurry line. Like, like the Joe Paterno movie? Yeah, exactly. Exactly okay. like that. Uh, okay. I like that Killing of America. I like that Koi on a Squatsy. Man on Wire, mm. uh, Overnight. Mm-hmm. I think actually, if Justin has not watched Overnight, he should definitely check that out. Uh-huh. And, uh And at a Peter Watkins, Peter Watkins, The War Game is also sure. Really Who good. doesn't like that? Everyone loves that, right, RJ? And uh, yeah. from uh, for Canadian content, Alan Zweig uh, in his documentary Vinyl. Mm-hmm. He's also directed other documentaries like When Jews Were Funny. And I curmudgeon and mm-hmm. lovable. Sure, I know all of those, and I'm a big fan of each one. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's some that I like Paradise Lost, Fishing with John, uh, 20,000 Days on Earth. That's a pretty good one, too. Jarrett, yeah. mm-hmm. 
Marwin Cole. That was a good show. I liked Marwin Cole. Did, Did you like Marwin Cole? Yeah. What about celluloid horror? It's good. What about the Donner Party? Also what, very what, good. What about Grizzly Man? Good. Werner Herzog about, documentaries are always worth watching. What about Cat Listening to Music by Chris Marker? Mm. Also good? No. Hey, RJ. What about My Meteor? The Carl Theodore Dreyer. Yeah, what's up? What you been creeping on this week? Uh, well, Jared, I uh, I took the plunge. I had been waiting. We've been it had into, been into Ma's waiting arms. Into Ma's waiting arms. We had talked about it for a long, long time, and uh, I was sitting there one day, and I was like, you know what? I can't wait. No, I can't wait. No longer. Said I'm gonna watch Ma, and I'm gonna watch it. Right, goddamn now. I think, to in all fairness, I don't think this thing was ever going to meet the, <laughs> the dream and the the, the expectation <laughs> that you and me kind of created for ourselves for this thing. All, all that trailer, that goofy ass trailer. I and I have to say, I think the trailer to Ma is still a hundred out of a hundred. Like it is. It's something to behold. It it is pretty well crafted little piece of cinema. That little three minute trailer, it's a, uh, I I mean it's it's fine, but it's it's not really I don't know nothing really happens in this movie. And I'll I'll, t- I'll talk to you about that. But like that trailer for you, unless you're really itching for it, I think you should just leave it in your memory as this thing that could be amazing. Something that will always in your mind is probably the best movie ever created. That's Ma, Jared. Cool. So uh, the movie itself. Never watch. (laughs) Yeah, never watch, I would say. And like not necessarily that it's bad because it's not. It's fine. It's just uh, it can't live up to that trailer. And uh, for the the biggest reason is just uh, the trailer like adds all the good stuff that's kind of like happening and how goofy it is where she's like calling them and she's like party at Ma's house. (laughs) Uh, And then there's like scenes of her. And one thing that's this movie does really well is there'll be like old music playing when she's having, letting the kids party and like that song, everybody was Kung Fu fighting will come on and it'll be Octavia Spencer, like karate chopping, like beer cans and stuff like that. And you're just like, yeah, hell yeah. That's wicked cool. Um, so you have like you have Ma and she's kind of lonely, and then some kids ask if she'll buy them liquor, and she's like, "Hell yeah, man!" And then uh, she lets them party at her house, and you're like, "Ooh shit, Ma, Ma's wicked!" And then Ma starts texting them, which you've seen in the trailer, and then it, everyone's kind of like, "Wait a minute, is Ma weird?" And then what you find out is that. Ma's kind of a sad movie, Jarrett, because she just wants people to be friends with her. Mm-hmm. And then, like, some of the kids take advantage of her, and she'll buy them booze, and she'll be like, come on back to my house, honeys. And they'll drive, like, all the way there, and then when they get there, they'll throw a bunch of shit out of her, and they'll be like, you nerd, loser. And then she'll cry. And you'll just be like, oh, that's sad. They're really shitting on Ma here, Jarrett. <laughs> really shitting on Ma. So it's uh, you like see her get sad and then you see her history where it was like a lot of the people she went to high school with basically kind of tricked her uh, into rape 
kind of like they raped her kind of but it was like statutory and then uh... like i know that's good do you want okay so like what happens is they're like yeah the the hottest boy in town wants to wants you to uh give him one of those things you know with uh, your face and she's like okay i don't have a lot of friends i'll do it and then uh, they like groom her for it and they put her in a room and then she does it and then she comes out and then they the whole school is there and it's not that guy it's a different guy and so it's like oh and then she gets sad and runs away and you're like man this movie's just like a really sad movie about ma and she just wants to be one of the popular kids Jared. so she lets these kids come party at her house and then like nothing really happens for like an hour <laughs> okay and uh everything that it all comes to a head in the last like five minutes uh and like she just drugs some of the kids she paints one kid's face white she stitches up another kid's lips and then she burns one kid with an iron and then um and then the movie ends and they they all get out huh and then uh ma's house goes up in flames does ma die it's left ambiguous. Uh-oh. So, like, they're waiting for, like, Ma 2. Ma 2? Could, they could be. Um, but, but they, yeah, I don't they, know. They could call it, like, Ma Ma. Ma Ma? Like, Ma squared? Yeah. I See, I would be into that. For sure. Um, no, yeah, it's it's kind of strange. Um, it's, it's just nothing really happens. And you're kind of, like, bummed that, out by it. And you're like, oh. That, that sounds bad. It's not great, but the trailer to this movie is amazing. Hmm. So I, I don't know. Maybe if you were watching it with someone else, like you and me had a good time watching the trailer. But I think if you and me were watching this movie together, you within 20 minutes, you would have been on your cell phone because you would have just been like, eh, I'm bored. That's too bad. It's too bad, man. Nothing could live up to uh, <laughs> the hype of our brain. The hype of what we wanted it to be. Yeah. So I followed that up with an alien pick, Jared. Not just any alien pick. Guess who's in... Do you know about Captive State, Jared? I vaguely have heard of this movie. Starring America's Sweetheart, I, I think John I remember, Goodman. Well, I think I vaguely remember when this was in theater, and I was like, RJ, why the fuck haven't you seen this movie already? I thought you liked Aliens <laughs> and John Goodman. I do like both of those things. Uh, John Goodman's in this a little bit. I would say like maybe 30 to 40 minutes of its 110 minute screen time. Um, this movie's actually got a ton of actors like John Goodman, Vera Farmiga, someone named Machine Gun Kelly. I don't know what that means, but uh, it's got uh, the guy from Ferris Bueller. You know him, Jarrett. And uh, Benny from um, the Mummy movies. You know him. So anyways... This thing was on, like, Crave, so I was like, I'll check it out. I didn't realize it was directed by Rupert Wyatt, the man who brought us Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and The Gambler. Yeah, I know you're a big Gambler fan. So, uh, Alien movie. Which which version of The Gambler? The Mark Wahlberg one. That's what I thought. He's not not a, a man from the 70s. He could be. He was probably born in the 70s. It's true. So Captive State's a kind of a weird movie. It's like, it's kind of an alien movie, but it's also more about like government oppression and uh, political like sabotage. If that makes sense. So the movie like starts and there's an alien invasion and you see that the aliens kill some people 
and then it goes like 10 years into the future and what what they don't really like explicitly say but what you uh what i piece together is that the aliens and the humans kind of live together now and the humans like work for the aliens and give them resources and stuff like that and i was like that's kind of cool i was like that's a little different from uh some of the other ones i've seen so it's it's more like i think that's what the captive state thing is where it's like they're all just kind of working for them but it's also a metaphor man for governments and people being captive states because they don't got freedom man you know about that jared I'm, i'm you're telling me about it yeah so uh you don't so after that first scene you don't actually see the aliens again for like an hour and 20 maybe and it's all about like there's this like splinter cell of like i don't know refugee people trying to bring down the government and the aliens and then there's this government task force that like works for the aliens to like help take out the uh rebel people that are trying to fight the aliens so uh, it's uh it's i don't know it's it's trying to be too many things does it does it sound a little little packed sounds like exactly what type of movie gets made nowadays yeah it like uh it's honestly it was kind of too bad too because again it's not like a bad movie it's just like there's nothing nothing remarkable about it at all it i think it actually had like some neat ideas with the things that they were doing but uh they kind of just play their hand at too many things and it's like you should have just did one thing like really good instead of like five things only kind of good if that makes sense so it's a it's a strange little movie it's um it's got some cool ideas but uh by and large, you're kind of, you kind of just want to see John Goodman fighting aliens, and it just never really comes to play. That's bullshit. It is bullshit. So, whatever. It's Captive State. Uh, and then guess what I watched, Jared? You watched... I, I'm trying to make good for my... For me to make, make the oh, yeah. afterlife. Oh, wait. I, I remember. I remember. You, uh, you finally watched a movie of mine. I did. And uh, do you know why I watched this movie? Because you wanted to see John Cassavetes? Uh, I always want to see John Cassavetes, but I watched The Fury from Brian De Palma. Mm-hmm. You know you know him. Director He's the of guy. Uh, Sisters. Director of Sisters, or the movie Snake Eyes, starring Nicolas Cage. Or your favorite um, Scarface. I've seen that poster. I have more than just a poster, friend more than just a poster that full body tattoo sure why not so i watched the fury uh i watched this as uh, an r.i.p in memoriam for mr kirk douglas uh because i was like whatever you you lent me this and he died and i was like all right let's do it then so uh <laughs> hey jared what do you know about the fury do you remember this movie when when did you watch this oh, it's been a while I know that John Cassavetes blows up, and I know that yep. Kirk Douglas runs around a lot. He has some yep. act- he has some action scenes. Oh, he sure even does. Even though he's well beyond the age that he should be doing those sort of things. There's cons- yeah, well, there's, there's bad government guys, and there's girls with powers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's, there's like labs and experiments. 
So at the time that this movie came out, Kirk Douglas was 62 years old. Yeah. And this movie came out in 1978. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, yep, he's, yeah. he's pretty old, man. Mm-hmm. He's pretty old. He's no spring chicken. No, not quite. Uh, so I feel like this is like uh, one of the most Stephen King-esque stories that wasn't written by Stephen King. Because I feel like this has a lot of elements of the same stuff that he he was doing. And I think it's like, when did Carrie come out? Oh. Carrie. <laughs> I don't know about 76. Okay. Yeah, so this was two years later. I feel like this is like trying to be a little bit like Carrie. So it's, you, you start and you have Kirk Douglas and he's with his, his son and they're in like Morocco or something. Yep. And they're like having a good time. And then like terrorists show up with machine guns yep. and Kirk Douglas starts running and then John Cassavetti shows up and he's like, ah, ha, ha. and then Kirk Douglas is like, you bastard. And he like shoots him in the arm and then it like jumps ahead in time a little bit. And you're kind of like, I wonder what that was about. Oh, well, uh, and then you see Kirk Douglas is on the run from the government uh, and you find out that he's looking for a son, even though it's been a number of years. Uh, and then you're introduced to telepaths, Jarrett. Yep. Uh, and there are these girls that are at a school for telepaths and they're being trained in it. And you find out that it's like a secret, uh, like government funded training corp for telepathic kids. And Kirk Douglas's son was taken by them. It's run by John Cassavetes. And there's a new girl that some believe might be even stronger or strongest. So they're trying to get her and they get her and they pull her in there. So the rest of this movie is like kind of Kirk Douglas running around and then the two telepathic kids like just getting pissed off and trying to run away, but they can't really. So this movie put me to sleep. I fell asleep for about 23 (laughs) minutes of it, I think. And you know when I woke up, Jarrett, I didn't feel like I missed anything. That's quite possible. I fell asleep on the couch and I was like, huh. And I was like, oh, it's kind of a sleepy movie. Uh, Just talking about it makes me sleepy. Yeah. Uh, Not a lot happens, man. And then uh, in the end. What did I give this movie? Oh, look at that. Two and a half stars. Yeah, I saw that. uh, And And that was in 2012. Oh, shit. Well, not much has changed in eight years then, I guess. Uh, like, I don't think it's, again, none of the movies I watched this week were bad. It happens. So not a lot happens in this movie until the very, like, last minute when John Cassavetes blows up. And that seems pretty spectacular. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, and they replay it and show it from, like, nine different angles. Mm-hmm. I Like, they really got their money worth on that yeah. uh, stunt. So. They, they had that coverage. They had that coverage, man. Uh, so yeah, like the uh, the ex- exploding John Cassavetes is really cool. Uh, but other than that, man, like the Fury is just not a good show. Yeah. So I don't know what's up with this uh, Brian De Palma guy. Well, he making stinky st- movies. Oh, he does. He's got stinky movies. Don't 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 buy into the hype. Mm-hmm. People talk so highly of him, though. They're like, oh, Dress to Kill, Scarface, woo. Yeah, but it's Hitchcockian. <laughs> what is Scarface? All of it. It's all or Hitch- the Fury. It's all Hitchcockian. It's all Hitch. Why isn't it DePalmian? 
exactly. And you know what? It's, I mean, it's like because he was like uh, he's like the American Argento, I guess. He's like the guess. Fl- he's the flip side of it. They make some yeah. they make some good ones. They make some bad ones. Like I feel like part of this too is like he made Carrie two years earlier, and then was like, we could do that with like a mix of with some spies. government sabotage, yeah. and then, but then it's just like he doesn't. I don't know. There's nothing, nothing there. You know. You know. That sounds like the but, opposite of the movie I watched. What was that? Project Shadow Chaser. Sounds cool. What's that about? Well, RJ, um, from 1992, a, a glorious piece of shitima. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody made him. Somebody programmed him to kill. Now it's up to somebody to pull the plug. Set Is in, he on life support? Oh, what? Set in the future. A group of terrorists with an android leader storm a hospital when the president's Mm -hmm. daughter is inside, taking her hostage. To find a way of freeing her, the police decide to consult the architect who designed the building. But he's currently in jail for some crime, and the punishment of the future is to be frozen solid for one sentence. The cops cops accidentally thaw out the wrong guy, a football player who decides to keep the mistake a secret and help the police in exchange for his freedom. Will he be able to defeat the terrorists and rescue the hostages, despite not knowing the first thing about architecture? Well, was he? This movie sounds pretty wicked. Where did you... uh... Where'd you dig this I, one? Up? I don't even fucking know where I first heard about this this piece hmm. of stink. But uh, so this is a movie that uh, does not really hide its uh, its plagiarisms. Mm-hmm. Um, the Frank Zagarino he plays Romulus, who's the uh, bleach uh. Bl- bleach bleach blonde like muscle man, who's also the android. So you get an introduction to him, something right out of Terminator, where he's naked and killing dudes in a lab. Nice. Uh-huh. And that's followed by him basically just being Rutger Hauer from Blade Runner, where he's mm-hmm. like the leader of this. And then it's like, then it just turns right into Die Hard for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like it, yeah. Like you do. Like you do. Uh, Martin Cove, he plays uh, this football player dude, mm-hmm. De Silva. That's it. And guess what? He was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood too. As? Uh, I have no idea. But he's also, he's like uh, one of the bad guys, like the adult bad guys in Karate Kid. Hmm. Which I will add is a movie I've never seen in my entire life. you never seen Karate Kid? Nope. I'd oh. say it would surprise me, but not much of your bad dudery surprises me anymore. There is, oh my God, that movie, this movie has too many people in it. Like, what do you mean? Oh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh. Yeah, there's a few, Luke Perry is in it. Who? Well, yeah, I mean, he wasn't mentioned in the, yeah, the Oscars. Like, uh, it's like he memoriam. didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Martin Cove is also in Last House on the Left, Rambo: First Blood Part Two, Little Murders, Karate Kid Part Three, Death Race Two Thousand, Karate Kid Part Two. Hey, speaking of Rambo, the, I the heard, White uh, Buffalo. I I know all about the White Buffalo. I heard Rambo: Last Blood is uh, up for a. Uh, um, what are those bad movie things? It's up for like worst movie of the year. Do Last you agree one? with that? No. Yeah. That's like that's beside ridiculous. like beside like cats and like other movies. The Razzies. Yeah, the, the Razzies. Razzies. Um let's see. You, do you have any questions for me about uh Project Shadow Chaser? There's uh three sequels. 
Uh, was it a good show? No, it wasn't good. It passed mm-hmm. the time. It definitely passed the time. As always, I believe that's what people say about this podcast. I think it sounds cool, but you know, Ma and Captive State sounded cool too. Exactly. Okay, get get a load of this shit, Jared. This year's Razzies. Uh, here are your five worst pictures: Rambo, Last Blood, A Medea Family Funeral, The Haunting of Sharon Tate, The Fanatic, and Cats. Rambo Last Blood is also in Worst Director, Worst Actor for Stallone, uh, and then it's like in everything else too. And now, Jared, is Rambo Last Blood? Yeah. No, I think uh, It Chapter 2 should be taking home these awards, but I haven't seen Cats. or I have seen The Fanatic, though, and I would say that I overall probably enjoyed The Fanatic more than I enjoyed It. For a... yeah, the fanatic looks okay. And I mean, for worse, for, for I mean, and it is definitely a better made movie than fanatic, uh-huh. but it's a, still a terrible movie. So, yeah, and cats. It, I mean, cats is just fodder for uh, people who want to just hate on things. I guess. Yeah. Because like, that movie's like, ra- like you just know that movie's not is horrible. So why would yep. anyone even go? Why would anyone waste their time with it? These um these Razzies are horseshit too. Oh, like yeah. I'm they're looking always, at they're always horseshit. I'm looking at these worst screen combo: Sylvester Stallone and his impotent rage. Come on. Here's an actual award: worst reckless disregard for human life and public property. And Joker is in here for this list, mm-hmm. along with Dragged Across Concrete. Like, what is this? Hmm. What is this? You know? I don't know. know. Want to hear about a good movie? No. No. Well. Oh. I, yeah, I, I wound up inadvertently watching the best documentary winner. What do you mean inadvertently? I, I didn't know it had won best documentary oh. until halfway through watching it. And then I went, oh, oh. oh. Don't make that sound anymore. Oh. I watched American Factory from 2019. Yeah. This is on Netflix. Uh, mm. The movie that shouldn't have won? Some might say that. Who is it directed by? Uh, Stephen Bogner and Julia Reichert. Julia Reichert, she's been around for a very long time, directing uh-huh. a lot of different documentaries on socialism and unions and uh, things in America. So she's been doing this for a long, long time. So mm-hmm. I guess this was the big breakthrough for her. I, and I guess uh, Stephen Bogner looks like he worked on a few of these with her as well. So American Factory. Uh, I just actually wound up hearing about it on a podcast like Monday or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I could watch that right away. And I did. Uh, it is about, um, from a synopsis from Letterboxd, in post-industrial Ohio, a Chinese billionaire opens a new factory in the husk of an abandoned General Motors plant, hiring 2,000 blue-collar Americans. Early days of hope and optimism give way to setbacks as high-tech China clashes with working-class America. So that's misleading to me because that is not what the clash is really between. (laughs) What is the clash between? Well, this is this has got me thinking about what like what is the economic system of China, and I haven't been able to really find an answer to it. Communism? No, see, it's kind of like a mix of the worst elements of communism and the worst elements of 
capitalism all at once, okay. making this like perfect nightmare scenario. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like the closest thing I've come to seeing it as, as a definition right now is state capitalism. Uh-huh. But there's a different kind of uh, views on state capitalism because a lot of European countries also practice it, but to varying degrees. So mm. I'm, I'm at a loss because obviously uh, America also uh, is a very flawed system. That's kind of mm-hmm. and so now you have like, but but on the one side there is this idea of unions that exist, and mm-hmm. uh, so what happens is this this billionaire fellow um, he opens up shop in this abandoned General Motors plant in uh, Dayton, Ohio. And mm-hmm. uh, it's like, hey, let's, let's push some life into this dead old building and get some people some jobs. That's like the mm-hmm. PR, but really it's about like, hey, let's make it so China doesn't look like the bad guy. Let's help the image of China and make people say, hey, China's okay. So mm-hmm. they get the plant open. There's a little bit of rumblings about unionizing. And of course, mm-hmm. no one, nobody wants that. Why call, would you want a union, well, Jared? Well, exactly. Well, and of course, mm-hmm. it costs money. It costs it costs me, the billionaire, money because mm-hmm. I make less profit. It cuts in there. Um, and I, I have no idea what the context of the documentary is in terms of uh, like how the documentarians got access to this particular project. If they mm-hmm. were supposed to be there to make basically a puff piece, but if you look at their track record, all their projects are about like unionizing. And mm. like in unions and labor strife, so like that. So like, hmm, why would you want these people inside your factory interviewing people? So I, I, I'm curious about the timeline of when the the, the, the huh. people got involved. But um, that all being said, it, I I thought it was a yeah. it's it's a really good documentary. It's this is going to be uh, in the Criterion Collection proper later this year. Apparently, mm. this is going in with like Irishman and Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. So like. 12, 15 years from now, RJ, you'll actually have to watch this. I won't. I won't. Is it a puff piece, though? No. I mean, it get, it's it's really well shot. Uh, there's some, like, pretty incredible stuff in there. Like, there's things I had never seen before. Uh, mm. We have a couple of uh, giant American lads that travel to China because things aren't working properly back at the U.S. plant, so they're going to see how the Chinese equivalent uh, works. Uh. It's a glass factory. I'm not sure if that's been explicitly stated. No, it is. Yeah, it's a glass factory. They're making glass for like uh, automo- automobile companies and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And the idea is like, well, you know, we're doing it in China, but we can do it in America too, which I mean, it's sort of an olive branch, I guess, of this industrializing sure. of things to make more trade deals. Um, there's that, oh, the company Foxconn, the company that makes mm-hmm. the iPhones for uh, Apple overseas, oh, yeah. where they have to put nets out because people are uh-huh. jumping to their deaths. So mm-hmm. f- at one point, Foxconn was going to come to America and like, I don't know, Wyoming or Wisconsin or something like that. And Trump was very proud of this. He was talking uh-huh. about all the jobs that were going to be made, but just ignoring <laughs> the fact that uh, people want to die. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, it's just, but there's like a, a there's this the Chinese side, which sees the Americans as very fat fingered and uh, full of confidence with themselves and how to talk to Americans and <laughs> uh, how slow they are and inefficient and how they won't work overtime. They won't work mm-hmm. 12 hour days and not go home like only once or twice a year. It's ridiculous. Like they just don't understand. Well, maybe that's what you need to do to get stuff done, Jared. Have you ever considered that? Well, I mean, it's all for the good of the party. 
and the company and the, mm-hmm. the, the the central committee. So the People's Republic. Well, yeah, and this is the thing. It's like so. There, there's this whole mythology of like the worker rising up and the, the greatness of China, but it's like, but well, we still have these uh, billionaires, these billionaire Chinese guys that are running around like rich as fuck and uh, not doing anything but flying around planes, stressing out and like crushing unions. So there's no mm. winning. There's no winning. And then like, then on top of it, it, it ends on this like out of nowhere, like really depressing note of just like, oh yeah, right, automation. So it's like, oh, uh, yeah. So it, it was all for naught? Well, not quite. It's not there. We're not there yet, but it's coming. And it ends on this like mm. kind of like just like pithy little comment about like, hey, in 2030, uh, like 300 million people are probably going to be out of work. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah, that's fine. That's going to doesn't end. bother that, me. That, that'll end fine. Sure. Well, why wouldn't it? Exactly. So I I have to ask though, is it anything like Gung Ho with Michael Keaton? I was wondering about that. Uh, I know that's been kind of the the new sister act two on the podcast, but it's actually what, apropos. Gung Ho. Yeah, but it's very apropos. I don't know. Uh, I think Gung Ho is probably a little bit more lighthearted, and like it's it's seated in the comfort of the eighties. Hmm. Hmm. So, but this is a little bit more uh, less Michael Keaton. It's less Michael Keaton. Yeah. Is that good though? How do you feel about uh, his Bruce Wayne? I actually like Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne. How about his Birdman? I actually like Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne. Uh, so anyway, American Factory is a thumbs up, seal of approval from this creep. It's an A plus film i liked it yeah it's good for the for the documentary set check it out i I mean there is like i would say that there's problems but it's because it's not that kind of documentary that's like answering all the questions you might have it's a little Mm -hmm. uh floaty at times but it's just kind of more uh observational rather than like trying to be like here's some graphics so you know exactly what to think i mean i don't think it's any Mm -hmm. like harlan county usa or anything like that which is uh, which is you know people being shot at and the threat of murder happening. We're not we don't get to that point here in American Factory, but Why there's not? some there's some sadness. There's like you know just the the it's a kind of a, feels like an ode to the, the working class, uh, mm-hmm. and people's just day to day struggles and like you know people living out of closets and you know when they get enough money up and then you see the arc of like hey things are going great to oh I I want to unionize and now I don't have a job, and uh, that's and that's it. Suck it up, or and if you get injured, God help you. God help you. Maybe, maybe if you got injured, maybe you weren't doing your job right. Hey, are you uh, looking for a job? You sound like you might be a really great supervisor. Hey, maybe if you have an issue, you should go to a country where there are no jobs, and you should see what they're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean, Jer? Mm-hmm. What I'm really trying to say to you, Jer. Ugh. Is that maybe people need to reassess how uh, how bad it is? Maybe they should work fourteen hours a day. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Don't ask me. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. No. There, there's yeah. a there's a bit where uh, the the five dudes who go across to China to check things out. Mm-hmm. They're just like watching as there's these like people just digging through glass and they're like, oh, they're not wearing face masks or eye protection <laughs> or anything. They're not even wearing like. Uh, the proper gloves oh that's fucking crazy and it's like yup and uh that's what it is 
So yeah, there's there's a culture cl- there. That's where the culture clash comes. And then performances of YMCA and uh, the weird like socialist realism of like China, where it's like they still really fetishize the 1930s. I don't know. It's 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 bizarre. Don't you don't 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 you like the 1930s? Archie, you got any news for us this week? Rick Moranis is coming out of retirement, baby. Again? I thought Allegedly. I feel like it's been like this has been happening for a while since he uh went and looked after his his kids after his wife died. Well, yeah, but so when's the last time you saw him? Years and years? Uh a very 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 long time. So, uh, apparently D- Disney Plus got him and uh he's going to come back for uh some more honey I shrunk I, I was going to say is he going to be shrinking those kids? Uh, apparently they got him and then apparently they're also working on that mighty ducks revival but uh i guess emilio estevez uh hasn't hasn't come happy for rick moranis that's uh, cool uh, uh, uh can you finish that thing you were saying about emilio estevez well apparently he hasn't signed on i think he's playing hard to get he should be he wants some of that that uh robert downey jr money he says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He says, "Pay me what you gave the Endgame actors." Yeah, I want, I want some points. I bet uh, the revival of uh, Mighty Ducks would be more well received than than any of the new Star Wars movies. Do you think Salami Sam has been approached? Oh, if they need to do a remake of Heavyweights, you just tell me when. I, I mean, I would do it for. I think that kid in Mighty cost. Ducks. That kid's in Mighty Ducks too. Yeah, mo- a lot of them. And are and, Goldberg. And, and and he's a. A hor- horrifying meth addict. Is he? Oh, look him up. It's dark. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, it's the Oh boy. Oh. I thought you knew. I didn't know that. What's his name? What's that actual that actor? Which one, Goldberg or Salami Sam? I don't know. Isn't that the same well, they're, kid? They're different dudes. Are they? Are they? Yeah. Not Salami, Salami. Sam. Which one's okay? Not, not Salami. The one Sam. from Mighty Ducks. Okay, I didn't know what their names were. I thought it was that's the name of the, his character in heavyweights well there is a character named salami sam yeah that's not the kid no the kid that was in mighty ducks you mean right yeah yeah he's goldberg in the mighty ducks let's yeah. see mighty ducks where's goldberg yeah uh goldberg is, 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 sean is, weiss is he in is he not in heavyweights uh yeah he is that's who i was talking that's who i thought salami sam was yeah he's looking real thin in this picture uh yeah <laughs> so he's on meth now yeah, he's on all the drugs and been oh. arrested like three times in one year. Has he? Yeah. That's too bad. It's pretty dark. So, mm. I mean, well, maybe he's a Virgo, though. Maybe Disney. Well, ooh, that's where that's where the problems begin. Well, if they want him back for the ducks, they're going to have to put some weight on him. Do you think MC Ganey is going to return? Oh, I beg your pardon? MC Ganey? You know, from Wild Hogs. You'll remember him from Lost. He was the bad man. The bad man. Yeah, he was named something else, but I remember him as okay. the bad man. What about your news? I don't know. I talked about everything I wanted to talk about. We talked about those Good. Oscars. We talked Good. about voter fraud. Sure. We're good. Maybe we should call it then. After the break... We're going to make a deal with the devil, and someone else is going to take over this podcast for us. Come across a great and wasted friend of mine in the hallway of a recording studio. 
And while he was reciting some poetry to me that he'd written, I saw that he was about a step away from dying, and I couldn't help but wonder why. And uh, the lines of this song occurred to me. I'm happy to say he's no longer wasted. He's got him a good woman. And I'd like to dedicate this to John and June, who helped show me how to beat the devil. It was wintertime in Nashville, down on Music City Road. And I was looking for a place to get myself out of the cold. To warm the frozen feeling that was eating at my soul. Keep the chilly wind off my guitar. My thirsty wanted whiskey. My hungry needed beans. But it'd been a month of payday since I'd heard that eagle scream. So with a stomach full of empty and a pocket full of dreams, I left my pride and stepped inside a bar. Actually, I guess you'd call it a tavern. Cigarette smoke to the ceiling and sawdust on the floor. Friendly shadows. I saw that there was just one old man sitting at the bar. And in the mirror I could see him checking me and my guitar. And he turned and said, come up here, boy, and show us what you are. I said, I'm dry. He bought me a beer. He nodded at my guitar and said, it's a tough life, ain't it? I just looked at him. He said, you ain't making any money, are you? I said, you've been reading my mail. He just smiled and said, let me see that guitar. I got something you ought to hear. Then he laid it on me. If you waste your time talking to the people who don't listen to the things that you are saying, who do you think's gonna hear? And if you should die explaining how the things that they complain about are things they could be changing, who do you think's gonna care? There were other lonely singers in a world turned deaf and blind who were crucified for what they tried to show. Mister, that sounds all right, but how do I go about it? <laughs> Clever man like yourself, he can find money anywhere. Money to pay his bills, money for his wife and children, money enough to be a rich man. All he needs is a friend to point it out to him. <laughs> like this. Thus begins one of the most enchanting, yet stirring, motion pictures of our time. A story so enthralling in its unique conception, so thoroughly gripping in its entirety, that mere words cannot describe it. Daniel! 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 Not now. I have so many things to make up for. I'll give you until midnight. 
Until midnight, Mr. Stone, but not one minute more. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about The Devil and Danny Webster, a.k.a. All That Money Can Buy, from 1941, directed by mm-hmm. William Dieterle. The synopsis of the film, but first the tagline, oh, uh-huh. and what a tagline uh-huh. it is. Uh-huh. A great motion picture dares to be different. Does it? Is, are, is that just in general, or are they speaking specifically about this movie? This, this one. A great oh, okay. motion picture dares to be different. Uh, farmer okay. Jabez Stone, about to lose his land, agrees to sell his soul to the devil, known as Mr. Scratch, who gives Jabez seven years to enjoy the fruits of his sale before he collects. Over that time, Jabez pays off his debts and helps many neighboring farmers, then becomes an advocate for the upstanding Senator Daniel Webster. When Jabez's contract with Mr. Scratch concludes, he desperately turns to Webster to represent him in a trial for his soul. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, that's a pretty fair rub. It's about right. It's about right. Yeah. Uh, RJ, have you ever watched The Simpsons? Oh, I have seen The Simpsons. Why do you ask, Jared? <laughs> well, do you remember that one uh, installment of The Treehouse of Horror? where Ned Flanders is the devil because Homer Simpson uh, would sell his soul for a donut. Oh, you mean the jury of the damned with the 1976 Philadelphia Flyers? And Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon, Lizzie Borden, uh, with Long John Silver, I believe. I think so. All, yeah, all, I'm familiar all, with yeah, okay. things. Okay, cool. So you basically had seen this movie before. I already, Yes. Yeah, because I've seen that Simpsons episode. Exactly. So you've seen it all. And uh, I'm sure you're very familiar with your Christopher Marlowe, your your Faust. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. I read Faust. Yeah. So you know all about this. You know what these, you know what you're not supposed to do? Make deals with the devil. Don't sell your soul. I think the bigger takeaway is that if you cry about it, someone, a bigger, stronger man will come and help you out. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just guessing. (laughs) Yeah. Who knows if Sometimes. that's what really happens. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this is a movie that had long been on my radar because it's got a really cool title. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about a devil. That's always uh-huh. like, that's going to draw me in no matter what, especially when it deals with Satan. That's always, that's pretty uh-huh. that's pretty neat. Uh, mm-hmm. But it took a long time for me to get around to watching this because something about the fact that this movie was from 1941 kind of was like, oh, it's going to be old. Back, this is way back when, when uh, in my early cinephile days, uh, because like I didn't want to blind buy this because you know criterions are expensive. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So finally, I, I think uh, at one point you mentioned this last week. Christopher Nolan himself has mm-hmm. this in his mm-hmm. uh, his top ten picks from the Criterion yes, Library, does. and so that was like, well, I mean, if it's good enough for Chris, I mean, surely it's mm-hmm. good enough for my DVD library shelf. So mm-hmm. I finally, at some point, I guess, picked this up and watched this like 
2012, I guess. And uh, sure. I thought it was a it was a pretty good show, pretty good movie, as RJ would say. Show, pretty good show. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like other people use that kind of <laughs> vernacular, right. right? Yeah. So yeah, what's this movie all about? Well, uh, it opens up. It's it's almost like a fairly light movie. It's uh, very on the kind of comedic side. Um, even uh, old mm-hmm. Mr. Scratch played beautifully by Walter Houston, father of John Houston. Um, oh. he, he is uh, absolutely amazing. He's mm-hmm. easily the highlight of the whole film because he just marvels in how kind he is. He's such a nice, mm-hmm. he's such a nice devil. He, uh, he's, he's a little scamp. You know, he, he abs- you know he's known, he would uh, abscond with a peach pie here and there. Oh, yeah, but I mean, who hasn't uh, wanted a little taste of pie once in a while? Am I right? Hmm. Am I right, Jeremy? You're talking like me right now. So uh, oh. he's got a little notebook. He writes uh-huh. names. He keeps his contracts. Uh, you sign in blood. So this movie's set in 1840, I believe. Uh, that's when it starts mm-hmm. anyway. And the the deal, the selling of the soul. Old Jabez. What a name. Mm-hmm. Jabez. Jabez? Well, I don't know very many Jabez's. I didn't go to school with any. I still don't mm-hmm. know any. And right. uh, I wonder if I went on Facebook, is Jabez a name? Tell, tell, I'm highly invested in this. Tell me about it. <laughs> What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. There, there are. There's some Jabez's. There are some Jabez's. Are do they look like hip young people or are they, they do? All like they are 85? young. Yeah, no, they're uh, young, young ones. Okay, well, what is Jabez like? What is Jabez? Like, what kind of name is this? In one chronicles, Jabez is a well-respected man whose prayer to God for blessing was answered. Moreover, the author paused in this long list to give Jabez a place of honor in the long list of kings. So he's a biblical figure, Jared. Some of that Bible crap. Up right there with Jethro, Naaman, and Mordecai. Well, I mean, Jethro. Well, Jeffro Toll. I mean, that's a whole different story. The reason I brought it up was because in the hit remake from 2007, Shortcut to Happiness, Alec Baldwin keeps the name Jabez Stone. And I thought that that was a strange decision because I was like, why would he keep the name Jabez? But apparently you and me have been both been played the fool here. That's right. So uh, this is based on a short story by one Stephen Vincent Benet. Uh, sure. He uh, apparently wrote this and was published in the Saturday Evening Post, uh, well, of course. the reputable uh, publication, 1936. And uh, it tells the age-old tale of, you know, making deals with the devil. and uh, But it's also about America. Because it holy definitely hot is. shit. I was kind of getting mad at this movie in my rewatch, watching this for the first 10, 15 minutes, because every time some fucking new characters showed up they were telling you where they were from and reminding you that why well, that sort of thing doesn't happen here in new hampshire this does this sort of thing doesn't happen here in vermont and the, uh they're in massachusetts and they just kept saying it they just kept saying things out loud they kept calling each other by their first name real uh-huh. it was very folksy and uh-huh. uh you know sometimes that's kind of charming but uh you know it's just like holy fuck is this what this whole movie is going to be Jared, are you saying that you weren't on board for the American propaganda machine that is the the, the devil and Daniel Webster? I was uh it was rubbing me raw a little bit, you know. Rubbing your rhubarb or what? Yeah, something like that. 
Sure. Any, anyways, it does a uh, course correct. Uh, mm-hmm. So old Jabez, he's just uh, you know struggling farmer. You know those people mm-hmm. now heavily subsidized uh, and complain mm-hmm. complainers. Oh well, they provide the world's food, Jarrett. That's right. So uh-huh. uh, he's recently married, and they're off to church. But the dog goes and chases the pig off. So that's one thing that I will point to in this movie that I'm sure would be a positive thing for you. This movie's uh, treatment of animals. Well, they're pretty kind to him. They don't want to sell them, but also that's because they only had really like one pig and mm-hmm. one calf, right? Yeah, and they're, they're like putting, they're putting in a little uh, a little uh, stint. Uh... Yeah, I appreciated that they were. I mean, their intentions afterwards. That's that's a different story altogether. Uh, they'll, they'll, but be, the, they'll be eating that ham. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I was glad that they didn't they didn't just knock it out. And they're like, let's eat this pig. I was like, hey, mm-hmm. good job, Jabez. That's right. So he's under pressure. Everything's mm-hmm. going wrong. His the, the big bag of seed falls into the water. It's all mm-hmm. it's all going tits up for Jabez. He's going to lose the farm. What's he going to do now? And he says, "I'd sell my soul to the devil for two pennies." And so then there's this real cool moment where all this like wild like the livestock sound and everything just goes mm-hmm. dead quiet. And it's really effective. And then suddenly there's a man in the barn. <laughs> And it's our it's our boy. It's Mr. Scratch. Nick Scratch. I don't know. He appears. And yep. He's he's got an offer. He's he's a sweet talker. He's got that devil tongue. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh look, you got you got all this Haitian gold right under the <laughs> barn that someone left all that time ago. Mm-hmm. And uh Jabez is like he's kind of has like he gets preyed upon with his stupid uh sense of like loyalty to like being a, a New Hampshire man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it, that kind of shit doesn't happen to a man in New Hampshire, Jared. They're good Christian folk out there. That's right. Don't so, you know? One thing leads to another, and he's uh, pinpricked, blood running, picks a mm-hmm. chicken feather up, and writing that name, that signature in blood on that uh, contract with the devil. Mm-hmm. And everything starts going pretty good from there on in, you know? Sure Hail, does. Hailstorm hits, hits everybody's farm but Jabez's, wipes out mm-hmm. everyone else's. And uh, old Scratch, he's still underfoot, you know, off there helping out Stone, handing out dollars to, hey, come on down, help farm that field. Uh, Stone's going to need all the help he can get. Uh, on the flip side, Scratch is also trying to get uh, in the ear of this this Daniel Webster, the, mm-hmm. the titular Web- Daniel Webster, who is this blustery, good-hearted man mm-hmm. of uh, good American stock. Oh yes, Who's, he he, you know. he, he's gonna he's gonna win this thing nice and clean and do what, mm-hmm. right by the people. Uh, and Scratch, of course, is like, no, nah, come on, come on, what what can I help you with? Mm-hmm. Playing a big game here. So, uh, of course, we all know where this is going. Uh, the the fame, the the riches, they all go to Jabez's head, and mm-hmm. uh, you know he's he was this like dotting husband, kind of a goof, and. Uh, kind of hapless, but now he's got money. He's forgetting his friends. Suddenly his friends are owing him rent. There's no mm-hmm. forgiving on that. He forgets about his wife. This this new uh, devil hussy, this this bell arrives mm-hmm. from the other side of the mountain. Uh, mm-hmm. She shows up to tend to the baby, which I guess like, I, I had some questions about this little baby. So if, if old Jabe is like, he still has a soul, I guess, intact, right? He hasn't lost his soul yet. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I, I'm like wondering, it's like, how does that all work in this uh, uh, spiritual realm? 
just like part of your, does, I don't know, do people have things about souls and semen and knocking up broads and does that transfer? Does some of your, does, does the devil and some of the sun? I don't know. Like you tell me, you're the Catholic here. Well, Jared, I, I think you're looking at this all wrong. I mean, he, he still has his, it's not till later it would get turned into a moth and then he would be gone. But that Jezebel, Bell, I, I always took it under the impression that, you know, maybe she was a, some kind of soothsayer, some kind of like demon lady. Oh yeah, she's a succubus. A succubus. Yeah. So it's like I feel like it's not even it's it's not even up for discussion. You know, like he mm-hmm. could they could have a devil baby maybe. That'd be cool. Where's that movie? Oh yeah, Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby, or the succubus, or the incubus, <laughs> with John Cassavetes. Yeah, you know that one. So, uh, yeah, Javis, I think there's like one scene that I forgot how it paid off earlier on when he goes to pay the, the money lender that he's, uh, that he's borrowed money from on the mortgage. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, it's like, is he the bank or is he just like, is that what this is about? Or it's like, is he like a That's loan what shark? I took it. That's the thing. It's like, kind of like, wait, he's the, he's the bank. You have, you have a mortgage and you have to pay him back on it. But he's like, I'm going to kick you off your land cause I'm a son of a bitch. And, but then he pays him off in the gold. And then, uh, when, the this guy picks it up he recognizes the coin and he holds it up to his own little trough and i was kind of like does he know about that like in my mind like does he know about the the hessian gold but i'm like oh wait he made the same deal and i I didn't pick up on that till later i went oh yeah that's how that pays off because his Mm -hmm. deals because you we get to see what happens when your deal is up Mm -hmm. what happens well the uh devil comes and collects yeah, he call, and he always gets his man, Jared. He always gets his man. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty well, like, the highlight of the whole movie is every time uh, Walter Houston's on screen, he's just, he uh, delights in his devilishness. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so he's great. And then really it comes down to the ending, which I think mm-hmm. is like super spooky and really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels a little truncated, and I don't know if uh, how convincing Daniel Webster's big final speech is necessarily. Uh, like it is in that like folksy kind of way of like mm-hmm. what people's ideas of America are. I mean, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good little speech, but mm-hmm. did, but would it turn the hearts of Benedict Arnold, the bastard? <laughs> well, I mean. It depends. Was Benedict Arnold really a bad guy, or was he doing what he thought was right? Uh, exactly. Do you know what I mean, Jerry? And but I, I agree with you. Like, uh, you don't feel like wowed by the speech, but you're like, but this is what the American people want. They want the promise of freedom and fresh grain. Yeah, Jerry. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Freedom. I want all that money can buy. Well, hey, when did this get a title change? Because okay, I, I, I'll talk a little bit about that. Because so, I was I was trying uh, to like um, log it, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Okay, so here's this is some pissery. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, the original title of the movie is yeah. "All That Money Can Buy," and is 107 minutes long. Okay, um, and then it was later re-released under the title "The Devil and Daniel Webster." And there's a version of this film that runs 85 minutes. Okay. And on Letterboxd, they have the original title, which 
it doesn't even go by anymore. But it also has the runtime of the re-release, which is under Devil and Daniel Webster, which is 85 minutes. Because when I went to watch this, I was assuming I was in for an hour and 25 minute long movie, but it turned out to be an hour and 46 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, I went, and I was wondering as the movie kept going, and it wasn't like a drag or anything like that. I thought it was really easy to watch. I was like, yep. what time is it? And I went, what the hell's going on? So mm. I just like to chalk that up to our... Uh, Friends at themoviedb.org who uh, mm. who have locked these things for some reason because they're little tyrants, little pissants that uh, want to rule the world apparently. But maybe you should get in there and change hmm. things. So I mean, as far as like why, like because originally you would think that know. oh, did like the movies like the Devil and Daniel Webster title did it like uh-huh. rub people wrong? Were they scared? Were they like oh man, it's about Were they? De- it's about devil worship? No, because what happened was I guess the same year. Uh, this came out, The Devil and Miss Jones had also mm. come out. So, I mean, it was fine to talk about those devils. Just not the right one or the same ones? Yeah. Or what? Apparently. I mean, it was yeah, The Devil and Miss Jones. It would just be too confusing, I guess. I mean, and they're both from the same studio, RKO. So. Huh. Huh. I like that RKO uh, sound at the start of the movie. Oh, know, oh, of, oh of course you did. Um, oh yeah. So, oh, and fun fun fact: the uh, director of this, William Dietrich, whose name I'm just been butchering three different times on this one episode, uh, he played a feature role in F. W. Murnau's Faust in from 1926. Was he Faust, or was he someone else? He's some guy. He's in it. Oh. Did you watch Faust this week to prep for this? No, I've seen it though, and I've uh, I've actually read. Uh, Marlowe's Faust, and I've read uh, T- Tim Virgil's Faust comics. How do you think it uh, lines up? It's good. Yeah, but you know the thing about Faust that I think that they uh, neglect on isn't Faust. Wasn't his whole thing that he just wanted to like have sex with that lady? Well, he wanted to have all the powers, and, he could, oh. and so he could travel around the the globe and yeah. uh, do whatever he wanted. He he wanted to be a real sorcerer supreme type. A sort is is that a trademark like title? I don't know. Sorcerer I, I, it sounds it sounds pretty good. I mean, yeah, some, if, someone should use that. If no one's you, yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Sorry, what were you talking about? Uh, this Daniel, this Devil and Daniel Webster. Oh, titles, not, and, yeah, and, okay. and not to be confused with the Devil and Daniel Johnston. What's that one about? Uh, that's a documentary about the musician Daniel Johnston. It's really good. Is it though? It is. Are documentaries really good, though? Some of them. Uh, RJ, mm. what did what? what did you think of <laughs> The Devil and Daniel Webster? Well, Jer, believe it or not, this was a rewatch for me. I, I, I saw that, and I didn't believe it. I was like, "How? why are you turning my, like, my house into one of lies here? I believe uh, I borrowed this movie from you a number of years ago. Hmm. I could be wrong, but do you own this on DVD? I do. So I possibly August 1st, 1st, 2015, I think I borrowed this movie from you and I watched it. Wow. What do you think of them apples? I don't remember that at all. Do you know why I watched it? Uh, Shingles? No, it was on Christopher Nolan's uh, list of movies that he really liked. And I was like, I'll check it out. I want to be be like Christopher Nolan. I said, I'm Chris Nolan. I, I, I'm a movie. Hey, Let I me mean, check the, it out. The power of suggestion. I'm sure that uh, those have sold some movies here and there. 
Mm-hmm. Actually, I can so, definitely say that uh, Patton Oswald's recommendation of the Baron of Arizona mm-hmm. uh, definitely sold me that Eclipse collection. I think most of his recommendations stand up. But I think I watched this and maybe uh, Night of the Hunter around the same time. Uh-oh. Be- before podcasting, when I was borrowing Criterions from you and then getting disappointed and then and then getting, like, salty and you're like, want to start a Criterion podcast? And I was like, do I ever? Uh, I uh, I think this movie's all right. Um, I think it's got some really neat stuff that I like. Uh, all the all the like props and like production things are really cool. Where all the devil tricks with his like fire bending and the way that they kind of get his like special effects in there. Mm-hmm. I think that stuff's awesome. I think the story's pretty cool. Uh, there's some stuff in it though that I think is like. I don't even want to say dated because I don't think it is that much, but it's kind of the stuff we're talking about a little bit where like the, uh, the American like capitalist agenda and like not, that doesn't even really like bother me that much, but uh, it just comes off a little heavy handed sometimes. And I think it's like, it's kind of funny because I think at some points they kind of give like conflicting messages because it's all about like, the American dream and things like that. But then they're also like, you got to support the grunge, which is basically like just a union kind of right where they like collectively pool all their resources. Yes. So it's kind of like almost communism. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's not, I wouldn't be quite it's, use that. Uh, yeah. Word. I wouldn't, I wouldn't drop the, the, the big C on that. But <laughs> it's like, like you, I, I just thought it was kind of funny. Like it was like, well, they're, it's like they're kind of like a union almost. Right. But yeah, it's also I – mean, Yeah. It's you know. like a – yeah, God. I'm trying to think back. I'm, I'm rusty on my uh, provincial politics. But that was, a, that was a thing though for farmers because, yes, they're kind of in it for themselves. But the idea was like, hey, we'd probably be better off if we pooled our resources together whilst, yeah. while remaining independent. Well, yeah. Co-op was basically and like stuff like that, right? You know about co-op? Yes. UFA, yeah, there so it was like kind of, kind of like that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I just thought that was funny. And then, yeah, like a lot of uh, the stuff where it's like a good, maybe in Massachusetts, but not in New Hampshire, a good American man. And you're just like, whoa, Daniel Webster, my God. And there's a lot of promise of those things, and it's kind of funny. Like, uh, I don't think it uh, it brings down the movie at all, but uh, they do. They really hammer it, you know. They ha- hammer it down, and then the consarnet. Consarnet. Oh, yeah, every, I had the subtitles on while watching this uh-huh. one, and yeah, consarnet. Consard. Consarnet. Yeah. Like consarn, and yeah. then it. Yeah, consarnet, so and uh, a jangling. It's always the <laughs> a hyphen a thing. A th- mm-hmm. Come down a jangling concern it and you're just like god javis stone so javis stone's kind of a bad dude he uh he michael jackson's his baby out that window uh to all those people in the (laughs) barn and i was like whoa dude fucking relax you got to bring that baby back in here uh and i mean he does have a pretty shitty day like he uh the pig breaks its leg he spills all his seed and i i get it i get it that's very uh sensual oh Jarrett. So, uh, but anyways, Jabez Stone, he's kind of like, I don't know. I, I never sympathize for him because it's kind of like, you're just kind of like a, he's a fool. Like, yeah, he's a fool of his own making. Yeah. You're like, you're kind of a bad dude. It's like you, it wasn't that bad. Well, maybe it was, but 
It's like, you did it to yourself, and then you got too high on yourself. And then at the end, he's like, please, Mr. Webster, save me. Save me. Mr. Webster. And, like, that's more of a... At least he doesn't give up his own child's soul. That's true. He doesn't. But that that, that kid's a little piece of shit anyways, Uh, though. Whipping those horses. But then he... Oh yeah, he. But then he gets fucking whooped. Yeah, and then well, he, he, he and, and so imagine this, folks. You have a yes. politician who comes riding in on a, a horse and buggy, and uh-huh. uh, he's just fucking spanking a kid, just just letting him have it. And everyone's just like, "Yep, that's fine." That kid, probably, that little shit, deserved it. And you're like, "Huh? If, if you couldn't, you couldn't get away with that nowadays." What if the kid be, deserved you, it? That'd be, that'd be bad parenting. But that kid did deserve and it. He was it, a little piece and, of shit. And just in like in real life, uh, beating your kid results in them straightening out and being better for it. Because immediately, you know, right afterwards, he's he's a great kid. Yeah, he's taking let, care of that little cat. Let, and... let, let, listens for listens to his parents, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he's better for it. So that those are the types of uh, observations and life lessons one will get from the devil and Daniel Webster. Hey, maybe after that kid went on to become president of the United States. Exactly. Or perhaps uh, a member of the Senate. The, or the Grange. The Grange. <laughs> the Grange. Uh, so, yeah, that kid's a piece of shit. But um, anyways, yeah, I don't really feel bad for uh, old Jabez Stone during this movie because you're like, you suck, man. Um, what about Ma? I feel bad for the wife. I Like, Ma's Okay. But Ma's also like, I don't know. She's uh, she's she's like kind of cool. Where he's like, I, he's like, I'm a grown ass man. She's like, well, act like like one then. And you're like, shit, Ma. Yeah. You know. So there's that. That's cool. Mary That's Stone. Cool. Yeah, Mary Stone. Um, but yeah. So like, some of the technical things are pretty neat. Like, I like all the flames that the devil has. Like he's doing that thing and it just like kind of bursts in the flames in his hand. You're like, oh, wow. ooh, that's cool. And then uh, writing in the uh, the tree, the contract, I was like, ooh, that's cool. Even the gold and then the, the pr- like the presentation of the jury of the damned. Uh, I think that's pretty neat too, like where they pull them all out. You're like, yeah. yeah. The uh, kind of out of focus thing. Plus, it's funny, too, that Daniel Webster's like the epitome of what an Amer- a good American man is. And he's just kind of a drunk. Yeah. He's like, well, he's like, I, I ain't never turned down no jug. <laughs> he's like, come on, have a little sip of this jug. It's neat. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like I might have a shot one day. I might still have a chance. Do you know right. what I mean, Jer? Yeah, I understand. Yep. So that's all cool. Uh, that's all well and good. Um, But no, yeah, the, like the movie's... I think I liked it more the first time I watched it, but now so far in the Criterion game, I'm like, eh. And uh, it's got some neat. St- I like, I like a lot of the things that the movie does, but uh, there are a few things that are just a little dated. And like I said, nothing bad towards it. It's just it is what it is. Were you aware that Daniel Webster was a real man? Mm, that seems like out of taste to Daniel Webster was an American statesman who represented New Hampshire, Massachusetts in the United States Congress and served as the United States Secretary of State under Presidents William Henry Harrison, John Tyler, and Millard Fillmore. He was also a prominent attorney, especially during the period of the Marshall Court. Throughout his career, he was a member of the Federalist Party, the National Republican Party, and the Whig Party. The what? The Whig Party? That's right. What did they do? Um, they were a political party, RJ. 
did they the people for like wigs <laughs> there's an h in there wigs huh? that's, that's right hmm interesting i don't interesting. know I, i'm not seeing anything though about him battling the devil so well i don't know if it's something that he would advertise it's true but you know this is a story that could take place this is just one story jerry this thing happens all over america every day and if you're not careful it could happen to you i get the sense he was not for slavery so that's good is that how he was presented in the movie I don't know if it comes through in the text of the film specifically. There's a little bit of talk of the North and the South, or at least, no, that's uh, when the devil, when Mr. Scratch is talking about, like, in the, uh, in, the, in the South, he's seen as a Northerner, and in the North, he's seen as a Southerner. Mm. But something along those lines. But yeah, there's no uh, out there, there's no just saying slavery's bad. Mm. <laughs> so, but in real life, he was not uh, one of those guys. Good to know. Yeah. Hey, you know what's a weird scene is when he's like passed out drunk in that buggy and then Jabez talks for him, but then he like wakes up right away. And it's like you, you kind of feel like he's doing it to give someone else a chance. But when, watching it, I was like, that's a weird scene. I was like, why is that in here? Well, because they wanted to have the – they wanted to create a connection between Jabez and Daniel Webster because they wanted Jabez to speechify. Yeah, but like – in terms of Daniel Webster is like, was he passed out drunk or was he, he was did t- he want he someone was, else to he, sleep? He, he, was, he was, he was tired. Hmm. 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 Hey, you know what else I watched Jared? in a, on the criterion channel, they have the al- alternate takes. Oh, I watched about 10 minutes of that. You know what that is? Alternate takes of the film. It's alternate takes of the film. It's basically based on the, the, like the shorter version of this thing. And like, what the takes were in that one. Okay. And it was pretty much exactly the same. Right. So I'm like, it's not even the way it's presented to, it'll show the scene in the first one. And then it'll show the scene again in the second one. And so I was kind of watching, and I was like, I wonder who this is for, I guess, filmmakers, Aficion- like, I real film aficionados, I guess. I don't know. I wish it was loggable on letterbox. Cause I watched 15 minutes. I feel like I earned something, but you want something for your time. I want, hey, if it's not loggable on here, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. So, so tell me about uh, Alec Baldwin oh. and, and, and his uh, directorship. Oh, Jarrett. Uh, I could have logged this as a Jarrett pick. You know that, right? Well, all I'm saying is last week, just last week, you I said know. if anyone recommends a, a remake of a film that we're talking about, yep. you would watch it. And what, come Tuesday? Absolutely no one had followed up on that. No one mm-hmm. looked ahead and said, hey, RJ, there's a movie that's mm-hmm. a remake of this thing. And it's yep. got Alec Baldwin. It sure does. No, I, uh, I'm i aware. I'm aware. I'm aware. Uh, and it just so happened it was available on Amazon Prime. Yep. So I was like, I'll watch it. The one and only directorial ship of Mr. Alec Baldwin. Under, under another name. Oh, did he Alan Smithy this? Yeah, it's some ridiculous name. Like, Archibald Macklish? Is that it? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, so Shortcut to Happiness came out a mere 13 years ago, which I find pretty pretty <laughs> it, wild. It, it's pretty depressing to say that 2007 was 13 years ago. Yep, 13 years ago. But I, I was like, when I heard that there Harry, was... Harry Kirkpatrick. <laughs> That's okay. I like that. 
so when I heard, when you told me that this existed, I thought it would have been older than that, but whatever. So Alec Baldwin is Jabez Stone. Jebez still. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt is the devil. Anthony Hopkins is Daniel Webster. And then you have Dan Aykroyd as uh, Alec Baldwin's friend. Have I interested you, Jarrett? No. So this is what happens. Alec Baldwin is a would-be writer, and uh, the movie starts off with him writing a story about a little boy learning the meaning of love and life. And him symbolically getting rid of his bike by tying balloons to it and letting the bike float away. And it's kind of what it's all about in this life. Do you understand, Jer? Like what we do, you and me. Nope. It kind of Are you talking about podcasts? Kind of. Kind of. Just life in general. So he's a writer and he doesn't have a lot of success. And he works at a retail store and he tries to do the right thing and he gets fired. And then he's fed up because he can't write. And he throws his typewriter out the window and it kills a, a woman. And then <laughs> and then Jennifer Love Hewitt shows up and she's like, hey, maybe you don't maybe you'd like a way out of this. And then the cops come up led by Bobby Cannavale and they're like, hey, are you Jabez Stone? Did you just kill this woman? And Jennifer Love Hewitt's like, of course he didn't. So she gets him out of it. And then the woman becomes alive again. And you feel like it would be used later as like to get out of the contract. Like she coerced him into it. But it's just it's just a part of the story. Uh, so what he wants is to be a famous author. So he becomes a kind of like a, um, he becomes an author that's his books are sell very wild wildly. But uh, nobody likes them. Do you know what I do you know what I mean by that, Jared? Like, every, like they get really bad reviews. So he's like not happy because like no one likes his books and they just they're popular and they sell. <laughs> you, okay. Kind of like Dean Koontz, I guess. Or Stephen King. Or Stephen King, one and the same. So uh, what happens is some you get some weird stuff. Like Dan Aykroyd is his friend, but then for it's kind of like the farmers' crops. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, like she spells it out. She's like, for one person to succeed, another must fail. So Dan Aykroyd's like book fails. And then he confronts Alec Baldwin. And then Dan Aykroyd gets hit by a car. He gets run over and dies. And then (laughs) Alec Baldwin's other friend gets cancer. And uh, it's when he's in the peak of his success. So the other friend like comes to like try to talk to Alec Baldwin. And he's like, hey, I just need to talk to you. And Alec Baldwin's like, yeah, sure. I'm just in this photo shoot. And then the friend pukes like all over everyone, like on the table. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Is this a a comedy? It's not. It's not supposed to play like that, Jared. (laughs) So the friend like pukes everywhere. And then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then Alec Baldwin's like, get out of here. And then he dies. Okay. And then uh, so the way you get the progression of time on this is like someone that Alec Baldwin knows has a baby the year he signs the contract. And then like he sees the girl once. He's like, is this your baby? And she's like, not anymore. She's going to be five next week. And I found it was like so that's to show you that time has passed. But it's so weird because he's like, is this your baby? He's like, what? Have you not seen this woman for five years? That's strange. So anyways, they, uh, then he tries to get out of his contract and he goes to Anthony Hopkins, who is still Daniel Webster, but he's an editor for like a big corporation. 
Uh-huh. And uh, he knows it's not that he he's had run-ins with the devil because he has the devil's tail on a plaque in his office. And that's how Alec Baldwin knows that he's done it. Okay. Makes sense, right? Yeah. So he gets Anthony Hopkins to be his uh, legal representation. And uh, the, the jury of the damned here, it's really weird. It's not like... It's not a jury of the damned. It's like a jury of peers. It's like Hemingway and like Kafka and like writers and stuff like that. Oh, did you take a screenshot of this by any chance? Uh, no, I didn't take any screenshots of this movie. I did take a picture of the bike floating away on balloons because <laughs> I thought that was funny. I, uh, I want to see who they cast for uh, the, the Hemingway and Kafka. No, they're like n- no one. No one recognizable. Is the suggestion that those writers also sold their souls? Well, see, that's what I thought was weird because I was like, like are they in well, hell? Or is it... Well, yeah, because I was like, well, the jury of the I, damned I, is yeah. like, it's supposed to be the bad dudes. So it was like all these like famous be all, writers. Should be all the bad writers. Should be all the famous bad writers. Yeah. And I was like, so I, I found it strange too. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, are they saying that all of these guys like cheated their way to success? That's strange. Uh, and then uh, Dan Aykroyd is the judge who just got, he who was killed earlier yes. in the movie. So um, you have that. And then uh, they do their argument thing and it's not great. There's a lot of slow-mo. Like when Jennifer Love Hewitt comes in, she'll be like, well, and she, then like remember, everything remember, slows remember down. Remember when she was a big deal? Oh, I remember. Uh, there's also a scene with some scooter kids where she hisses at them and they fly off their scooters, but it's like in slow motion. It's like, uh, so he gets out of it, and then the balloon float or the bike float floats away with the balloons. It's a, it's I don't know, dude. It's it's not a good show. I mean, no one thought it would be, but it, no, like it's not very good, my man. Hmm. Not very good. Well, thanks for taking the hit on that. Yeah, well, I said I would, so I'll, I'll do it. That's yeah. fine. Uh, this, Yeah, whatever. You want to hear about some people who hate the devil and Daniel Webster? Uh, Sure. All right. One star from David Punch, who has a lot to say here. Okay. It's always difficult to figure out how to properly adapt a short fable into a feature-length film. Many of the problems that plague the devil in Daniel Webster, All That Money Can Buy, stem from the fact that there's very little in terms of story for the majority of the runtime. It's a simple morale tale about... Moral tale? About greed? One that you might tell the young children, but it's incredibly stretched out without adding anything of interest. The characters are all dreadfully boring, with the titular characters only popping up once in a while, leaving the audience to suffer through the wet blanket protagonist, Javis Stone. He makes a deal with the devil, who is the only good performance in the film, by the always entertaining Walter Houston, and over the course of seven years prospers before the devil returns to collect. There's an Mm. ensuing court case over the soul of Stone, with Webster fighting against the devil, that results in exactly the ending you'd expect. There's also a weird theme of nationalism that keeps popping up for no clear reason. Not only does it have nothing to do with the story at hand, but it happens so often that it almost feels like some rather toxic ideas are being shoved down our throats. There's a nice score by Bernard Herrmann that pops up every now and again. But other than that and a kooky performance from Houston, this film juggles between being unbearably boring to borderline harmful in its ideals. With such a simple concept, The Devil and Daniel Johnson should have been at least mildly entertaining. But without any engaging material or characters, there's nothing of value here. I'm finding nothing of value uh, from David Punch. Oh, he just gave Summertime three and a half stars. 
So, uh, big time nerd boy. Uh, <laughs> lots of uh, movies. Uh, but five star films also include things like Night of the Hunter and Chicago. So, Ooh. like, what are you going to do? The rest are like Orson Welles movies. Okay. Here, here's where it's troublesome, though. One star for Punch Drunk Love. Oh, my God. And one star for Pumpkinhead? Get out of here. I know you're a big pump. Well, okay, no. I know you're not a big pumpkin head guy, but Dress to Kill, one star. Brick, mm. one star. Jesus. That's the Birds, vi- one star. Vicious. Here's some half star films Thelma and Louise, bon- Buckaroo Bonsai, yeah. Ruby Sparks, The Hurricane. I don't think those are one star films. Right. Enough of this guy. All right. Yeah. Next up, Movie Math, one and a half okay. star. I think I hated it since I felt like I was being preached at the whole time. I couldn't separate my bitterness towards self-righteousness and condescending conservatism. I can get behind the idea that greed is bad, but the idea that we have souls seems ridiculous. (laughs) Oh, come on. Don't be mad at the movie for that. That's kind of rich. You know, it's like whatever. Yeah. Was that their whole review? Yep. Okay, like all their five-star films are basically just movies that were nominated for Best Picture this year. Oh, like cool. 1917, Jojo yeah. Rabbit, Parasite, Roma, Beautiful Boy. Those other two weren't, but Call Me By Your Name, five stars. Okay. You know what I mean, Jared? That's movie math. Is there any good half-star films here? Mac and Me, The Predator, Hellboy, the new one, Demon House. Whatever. Whatever. Finally, we'll do Grant. Okay. Two and a half stars. I'm sad to say that although I was able to appreciate its technical merits, I just couldn't mm-hmm. get into this historical fantasy. Maybe it's because I had no idea who Daniel Webster was. I don't think that has anything to do with that, anything. I, no. We didn't even know who he existed, and he did. Yeah. The film paints him as a man of the people politician, a force for constitutional good, and I was happy to go with that. And I do like the way Edward Arnold plays him, but he's not really the star of his own film. Uh, yeah, that's one thing I, I do. Uh, there's the bit where they're riding on the carriage with uh, the mm-hmm. young boy, the shitty boy, and it feels kind of like one of those uh, uh, after-school specials where it's like mm-hmm. the, the guy, the, the the Constitution singing a song. or whatever it is, I'm a Bill. And he sings a song about how bills are passed. It kind of felt oh. like that where my, this horse is the bill of rights and this, yeah. this, this, this horse I call the Constitution. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. On no, Capitol Hill. Yeah. No, the main man is oh, a one-horse farmer called Jabez for whom nothing ever goes or seems to go right. And so when Mr. Scratch offers him a wealth-making deal, he accepts. In no time at all, Jabez can't help ac- accumulate money, possessions, and social status, but it all goes to his head, turning him into a feckless ass who neglects his wife, child, mother, and friends. The problem I have with this is that Jabez isn't that likable in the first place, at least not the way Craig plays him. And Shirley is a, as personable as his wife, Mary, but apart from her and Daniel... I couldn't really get invested in any of the characters except for the agreeably devilish Belle, Simone Simon, an associate mm-hmm. of Mr. Scratchers who really kicks things up a notch when she appears. Possibly she- the worst thing about the film is the way in which it lurches all too frequently from loud to quiet and vice versa without mm. a buyer leave. Perhaps I just wasn't in the mood for the devil and Danny Wester, but I can't imagine ever wanting to revisit it. Uh, I'm usually the one who's who has issues with audio things, but I didn't think there was any here. Yeah, I I was fine. I didn't. I noticed the, a new trend here. Uh, Grant and the other two people all have Sunset Boulevard in, in their favorite films. 
Oh. Or like five-star films. So that's weird. This person also gave The Love Witch and A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night uh, um, four stars, which I don't totally agree with. Yeah. This, this grant's a weird duck, though. Uh, like a lot of half-star, one-star films are for like Hallmark Christmas movies, like The Christmas Caper, Just in Time for Christmas, Journey Back to Christmas. Like It's like, why even watch those? Maybe, maybe they're, they're, they don't have a choice. Maybe. But uh, some bad takes on one-star films would be Sorority House Massacre 2, the Jim Wynorski classic, classic <laughs> and Sorority Babes at the Slimeball Bowlerama. Those aren't one-star films. I don't think so, at least. Do you? Feckless. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, when... Devil and Daniel Webster. Deese. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I think it, I thought it was yeah, fine. Yeah, I like it. That Walter yeah. Houston, gotta love him. He's definitely a, a guy. After the break, uh huh. We eat your we eat your peach cobbler down, and then we look in our little books, and we're gonna come visit you as we gesture toward the camera. You, Jarrett gestured towards me, but the people, this is audio, so they can't see that. But yeah, I don't know what the equivalent of pointing audio wise is. Just saying, we, you whisper in your ear like I'm coming up from behind you. Why did it have to be from behind? So they don't see it coming. I don't like the things you do sometimes that's, or anytime. That's okay. I'm going to get you. Are you talking to me or the, the listener? <laughs> Both of you. Oh. Early this morning When you knocked up on my door Early this morning When you knocked up on my door sell your soul for i mean that peach pie did sound pretty good i I, honestly i'd probably just to get out of the podcast get out of this curse that we've been well that could be arranged my friend well (laughs) now you're talking my language we'll talk later you can email us at criteriaincrease at gmail.com and tell Uh us what your soul's worth We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnwell. Mm-hmm. We're on uh, things. Tumblr. Twitter. RedTube. We're on Sound- SoundCloud. Stitcher. iTunes. Google Play. Sure. Next week. Spine. 215. Sure. Roman Polanski's Knife in the Water. From Which 1962. One? Oh. Okay. For real. For real this time? You're not just making shit up again? I'm not just making up things. Uh, yeah, and uh, I believe we will actually this time be joined by a special guest. 
Now, is that actual true, or did you scare them off? Well, I mean, they paid. That doesn't mean anything. Well, we'll see. We'll see if it actually happens this time. All right. Well, you're the one who messed up. All right. Um, yeah, so how do you feel about boats? I mean, I'm, I'm not really for or against boats. I've never really had an opinion. All right, then. Well, we'll see how you feel after next week's movie. All right. Have a great week, RJ. Don't you don't do that. What? They can't see what you're doing, and now I. Uh. I'm just smiling. I'm just, I'm so happy that I don't have to talk to you for a whole week. Yeah, I know, but I don't like it It'd either. Be, I mean, I have your soul now. Uh, no, but then we wouldn't be back though. Oh. That'd be the deal. See, that's the that's the twist. So it's like a Twilight Zone. That it just goes on forever just, now. I just I now I have your soul. That doesn't seem fair. You, I mean, you, while alive, you didn't have to do it anymore. Oh. Chair. Bah, 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 bah. Bah.